Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Thursday installment of our program. Our Thursday is always brought to you by Stanley Pools. Our friends from Stanley Pools, we sure appreciate them. Good folks. Do a wonderful job since 1988. That has been your pool company. You want a pool, go to the best in the business, my friends, from Stanley Pools. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson. I'm no longer worried. You're no longer worried about? You didn't know I was worried. No, you no, don't worried. strike me as a worrywart. Eh, I'm, not, I'm not much of a worrier, but I was a little worried. I think of the show, I'm probably the most Yeah, you're worrisome. a worrywart. I'm not a big worrier. I just not. Um, but I was a little worried that we couldn't keep all the Jags players together. Do you know what I did? Went to the car line column. Ah, you've nice. solved the capologist. My, you've solved my problems. So you spent some time on this. I did. And, it was uh, fun. And when we when we're when we're done, it's uh, the lead topic on our show is how to keep them all together. Now, have you shared this with Trent, Doug, Shad, anybody yet? I mean, I haven't personally sent it to them, but they're more than willing. <laughs> and by now, to check it they've out. They've probably by now they've probably. A, read it, and B, it's a bit of a, a guide for them, would you say? I'm sure it's providing them endless amounts of humor. <laughs> uh, so, I think uh, Trent's already printed it out and put it up on his wall in his office. But if you haven't seen it yet, Hayes has a column out there about how to keep the Jags together. And uh, you know what? Joking aside for a second, this if ever there's a team you're gonna, you would try and keep them all together for all the reasons we talked about last, last week or early this week, this is the one, you know? The culture – the the way they feel about each other in the locker room, the way this group connected with that fan base, uh, this might be the best. Uh, you know, college always has that because fan. You know, in college, and then they have to go because they graduate. But I would say this group, in terms of connecting with the fan base, is about as good as I've ever seen. Would you say? I, I would. I, I would say like if you're, you know, we were at Island Wings yesterday, and our good buddy Shane, who owns it, is a big FSU fan and Jaguars fan, and they both are very similar to me right now. Right. They they both had way better seasons than they thought they would, and next year could be even better. I mean, Florida State and the Jaguars, I don't think it would be a surprise next year if they combined for 24 wins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this year it was 20, right? Right. 10 and right. 10. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's one of those things that there is so much momentum, uh, you know. So it's everything we think about the Seminoles just applies at the NFL level to the Jaguars. They've got basically every key player coming back, or potentially could have that, and you've got this quarterback that everybody can't wait to see what the next season looks like. Yeah, I agree. There's one player that that sparked kind of a movement in this franchise this season that Hayes does not have the Jaguars keeping, and so. That one, I think, would be detrimental for catchphrases. Okay, you know what? And then you'll have to throw that out there. You'll have to tell people who that is, so that comes up uh, uh, in a bit as well. So we, get, but we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today on the show. Frank Reich, I think Frank Reich's a good coach, by the way. I, 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 I didn't realize, uh, did that happen? Or, I, did, I didn't see that till like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, well, it, it just happened a couple hours ago. Okay, yeah. so, but I, uh, I think Frank Reich's a good coach. I, I, mean, I, I, think he's, I think he's a really good NFL football coach. I agree. I, I commend Carolina because this, to me, is sort of the first, hey, I want to copy what Jacksonville just did. Because in a way, they're similar. They both hired more of a college coach. Uh, 
Uh, Matt Rule looks like Vince Lombardi compared to Urban Meyer, but still, <laughs> it was a failure. And I think that in Matt Rule, I'm sure, like we talked about yesterday, is probably tough to get along with for NFL players. So I think uh, Tepper just basically was like, I need to do what Shad did. I need to go and, and bring in somebody who, you know, was a player, played quarterback, everybody gets along with, offensive mind, has had success, uh, has been a head coach at the NFL level. I think it makes a lot of sense for Carolina. And I will tell you, they considered, they really considered Steve Wilkes, who did a pretty nice job as the interim guy. I think players res- re- respected him, related to him. And I had a hunch he might get the job. And if you learned anything from the Raiders situation, it's that sometimes keeping the interim coach would have been the smart thing to do right. with Rich Bisaccia as compared with how this season went. But, yeah, I mean, I think Frank Reich is a guy, he's very well respected. And Carolina had to do the same thing Jacksonville did, like Hayes said. They had to go from a guy that wasn't well respected, at least in NFL circles, and they want to groom their next quarterback. They have had a quarterback drought certainly there for quite some time now, and, and they've got to get a guy that they hope can be as good as Trevor. Yeah, good call on Basaccia. They'd have been better because he was I think so. well-liked by everybody. And I can tell you, he went deep on this job. I, I've told you before, it's my opinion that if Doug Peterson had not become the Jaguars coach, there's a damn good chance Rich Basaccia was going to be the coach. I, I, I believe that and all. you know, I believe in my heart of hearts that if Doug Peterson – if for whatever reason they couldn't come to terms, I think Rich Basaccia would have been the Jaguars coach. I told you that right, mm-hmm. told you right after the fact. Just Not Nate Hackett. The, the, what's that? Not Nate Hackett. Not Nate Hackett. And by the way, we all talk about um, uh, all the people that wanted Byron Leftwich to be the coach, and aren't they glad that didn't happen? Well, my in, in my order of preference, I wanted Peterson first. I said that all along. I wanted Jim Caldwell second, Okay, who never don't even think he got in play. I had Nate Hackett third, so I'm the big dummy. Okay, just, just I mean, so I, I, I'm not. I'll admit, if anybody wanted left, which I was just as off because I wanted Nate Hackett, and did not turn out to be a very good head coach. So what? But, but well, a lot of people wanted Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and i.e. the, yeah, the yeah. whole situation. So, so I, in Las I was, Vegas. I was as off as anybody thinking Nathaniel Hackett. So I, I was off the mark on that. Um, I am glad he got hired. By the way, did you are you surprised that Salah hired him that quickly? No, because they know each other very well, and I, I just, I think Hackett. I think it was probably like a perfect storm in Denver. I, I, I think it'll be a while before he gets another opportunity if he does. But but Hackett is a is a sound offensive coordinator. Totally agree. And if uh if it and you know, again, there's there's the talk of are the Jets also doing this in the hopes of acquiring Aaron Rodgers? I I that's I get why you would draw the line, but I, I don't think it has a whole lot to do with that. Um Hackett works well with young quarterbacks. He and, and Blake Bortles got along, you know, really well. I uh, and and again, I I don't think you can put Blake Bortles not developing into a franchise starter on Nathaniel Hackett, but I do think from a mentality standpoint, he'll be good for whatever they decide to do with Zach Wilson. If that's have him sit for a year behind an established veteran like, you know, a, a Carr or a Garoppolo. Um, you know, so I, I think it's I think it's a good hire. I, I think the biggest thing is that they, they know each other. They know it's going to work. There's not going to be any chemistry issues. And I'm glad you said what you said. I think Nathaniel Hackett's a good football coach. Obviously, I thought he would be a good head coach. So I think he's a good football coach. That doesn't mean he wasn't without – he did a lot of things wrong. And I, and, I, and I know some people involved in it that some of the things he did with his, head, with his assistant coaches, some of the grinding on his assistant coaches, that if he had it to do over again, he wouldn't do again. I think he probably lost them a little bit from what I'm told. But 
but he's a good football coach. He learned from it, and I, I don't think this, this isn't Urban Meyer who doesn't belong in the NFL. This is a good football coach. He may not get the head job again, or it may be a while. It will be a while before he does again. But I think Nate, I think Nate Hackett's a good football coach. I think he, like Kay said, I think he's a really good coordinator. There's yeah. a massive difference between being a good coordinator and being a good head coach and CEO. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, so we'll see. But I'm, but I'm glad he got hired. All right. So today, today on the program, we're going to talk about um, how to keep the team together. Hayes Carlin has that for you. ES, ESPN's got this great promo. I wish I'd have thought about it. But I am going to steal it. I'm not afraid to steal in this business. Have you seen the Joe Namath promo? Have you seen, no. I think, it's, I think it's ESPN that has it. Maybe it's not ESPN. Maybe it's one of the networks. It's fantastic. Joe Namath is the coolest guy that ever played sports. He's, 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 the, he's the king of the cool. If you don't love Joe Namath, something's the matter with you. He's the cool. But he talked about Joe Cool, the greatest Joe Cools to play in Super Bowls. Joe Montana, Joe Namath, Joe Theismann. Now this guy, Joe Burrow, okay? Great Joes. Joe Pretty, Flacco. Joe Flacco was on that list, too. I'm not sure he's quite as cool, but he was on that list <laughs> He as won well. a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Darn right he did. Well, was Theismann cool? Uh, Theismann was cool. Wasn't uh, yeah, he? Now, yeah, he, he was, Theismann back in the day was cool. Now, he was he was made fun of for a lot of reasons, but he was cool back in the day. Okay. Um, what about the greatest Joes in sports? I got a bunch of Joes here. You know what an underrated Joe? In, give me an underrated Joe. Remember Joe Morris? Joe the Morris. running back for the Giants. I'm write him down right now. I, I love know. Joe Morris. Yeah. Who didn't love Joe Morris? He was tough. Joe Morris and uh, Joe Morris. You know, number twenty, by the way, very nice. The uh, wow, I did the, not know the that. Giants. Um, <laughs> maybe the greatest Joes in music. Greatest Joes in acting. I I'm going to Joe you to death. Wow, uh, you're you're going to get Joe. You've never been Joe like you're about to yeah, get Joe. We've got Joseph. Joseph. You know <laughs> the original. <laughs> You go. No, you're going yeah, way back. Way back. I'm going to the '70s. You're going yeah. deeper. Okay, that's that's <laughs> deeper than the '70s. So, how about that? All I can think of is Jimmy's and Joe's. So, if we do Joe's yeah, today yeah. or Jimmy's tomorrow, is there, there's got to be a country music Joe, doesn't there? Is there oh, a Joe yeah. country music? Of course, Joe Diffie. I mean, your I mean, favorite. Yeah, good point. I mean, R.I.P. Joe, Joe Nichols. Yeah, I mean, because Sunny Joe, in '75. Joe's Joe's about as country music a name <laughs> as there is. There's got to be some guy named Joe who's wearing. A, they used to wear ball. They used to wear cowboy hats. Now they wear ball caps. In a t-shirt. Some still wear cowboy hats. Uh, but most of them are wearing ball caps now. But a lot of times. Trucker yeah. hats, okay? Yeah. And so with a t-shirt, having a having a domestic beer, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so, and with boots and what did he drive this up? This is really you. What did he drive up in? Probably drove up in a truck. I That's what I'm going well, I, You know, I kind of am a country music guy now that you say it. Right. So, so there's all that. Joe Diffie, remember the song Pickup Man that I've tried yes, to get you all to I listen do, to? I do remember it. Uh, Joe Diffie, God rest his soul. You're exactly right. A lot of things to talk about today on the program. We'll talk about the Gator basketball game last night. Congratulations to them for getting that win. It was a good win for them. We'll talk a little college football as well. Uh, who's the next big thing in college football? We'll get to that later on in the program. Uh, we'll look ahead to the championship games again, talk a little bit about the new coaches and uh, all that coming up. But how do the Jags keep their team together? Hayes Carline, capologist that he is, has a plan. Uh, that's how we'll kick off the show. This is 1010XL. Oh, and it's an old rock Thursday. Is it Joe Diffie? You have to wait and see. <laughs> is it Joe Cocker? You have to wait and Ooh, see. Oh, that would have so, been good. I'm afraid probably Joe is not related to, <laughs> to, the, to the old rock Thursday. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on the Frangie Show. Sometimes, Carlion, you just got to look back to those days on University Boulevard. <laughs> right off I-95, University Boulevard, South. Do I need to say more? You do not. This is Ramada approved. Ah, oh, this was the this was what Ramada revolved around. First ballot. 
first ballot, only ballot. <laughs> KC and the Sunshine Band. Griffin was telling me earlier that KC's gained a little weight. Have you heard this? Really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. That he's uh, KC. It kind of happens to a lot of people yeah. as they age. Yeah, he was, apparently that's the, the, the word out of it. But who doesn't love KC? You remember the time, didn't he, KC, we had this conversation. Weren't they the halftime act in like the 99 AFC Championship game here? And they rolled that big stage out there and they played like three songs and rolled them off on it while he was still playing? Why am I remembering it? Am I remembering You're that You're probably wrong? right. That sounds know. right. Yeah, yeah I think the I think the, a, the AFC Championship game in 99, if not then, some night. He, they, I mean, they rolled KC out there and like, he, like, like people weren't rocking the KC mm-hmm. in 99, okay? Why do I think that? Am I wrong? I, I, I think KC and the Sunshine, they rolled him out on one of those moving stages. And he's playing when they rolled him off. Why do I, I think? I believe you. I'm not finding anything that supports it. But Some, Someone please tell me if I've lost my mind on that. Send it to us on a text line or on Twitter or somewhere. Tell me that if I've lost my mind. But I could have sworn it rolled him out. KC's playing. Roll. I thought it was a championship. It might have just been another game. But, I mean, how do you forget KC and the Sunshine Band rocking at the ball yard? Would it have been like for the Super Bowl? No, no. It wasn't that. I mean, I know not like it halftime or no, something I think, but did they play like in the yeah, like pre-party yeah. so they... help me i think they i think they played halftime at a jaguars game rolled that thing out there played get down the night and about two or three others and rolled him all you know because the, the halftimes aren't very long in the nfl they're not well like the american authors just yeah. played here and i think yeah. it was like literally eight minutes yeah yeah because that's all you and and with that they had to keep them yeah even off the field that's right. They weren't even on the field. Yeah. I, I'm saying, I, I, so help me. I ro- uh, Casey, I think they rolled him out 20 years after Casey's prime. He was rocking. Might even get a little pudgy then even. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Casey and the Sunshine Band today all day long on Old Rock. Is this Day. a re- – okay, so you just answered my question. This is not a Ramada's no. greatest hit. No, no, it's Casey it's and strictly the Sunshine It's Casey, Casey and the Sunshine That would be a good playlist, though. You know what? You got me thinking. You know, sometimes I run out of ideas. The Ramada playlist, I think the, – uh, Inglewood class of 75 and 76 will be walking in here so fast. They'll all be sitting <laughs> in those bleachers right there. I Did you see, see who's... In 1999, Casey and the Sunshine Band starred in the Super Bowl post-game show. Is that know. possible? Is that what I'm thinking Nothing about? came up with the AFC Championship, but somebody what? Okay. without... Why did I think they were... Eating Google can... But there, that wouldn't have been here. I, maybe I've lost my mind. I could have sworn they, I could have sworn they were here. We believe ro- you. Rolled them out on... Maybe it was either Everbank or Altel, or what was it before? Was it something before Altel? Was it just Jacksonville Jackson? Municipal? It was Municipal and then Altel, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, they rolled them out on one of them. I'm going to tell you, they rolled that damn platform out and they played it and they rolled them off. It wouldn't have been for like Florida, Georgia. They don't do no, that. So no, it would have, it would have it definitely been a, definitely a Jaguars, Jaguars game. game. Uh, By the way, speaking of the Ramada, Frank, that out now. Frank always would gets Would it have been the Gator Bowl? I think it was a Jaguar yeah. game. Frank always gets, Hayes can confirm this, a certain like gleam in his eye when he talks about the Ramada. Mm-hmm. And anyone I've ever met that Frank introduces yeah. me to, and he'll say, so and so used to be at the Ramada. They have that exact same oh, gleam in their eyes. Oh, there, a brotherhood. There, there was magic. There was <laughs> yeah. a brother and sisterhood. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a magic to the Ramada. There, right. there, there just was. I mean, you listen. They literally get like kind of lost listen. in time for a few seconds when you're meeting them. Of course yeah, they do. You have to understand the rooms are, the, to rent the rooms about forty bucks. Okay, to rent the adjoining rooms about eighty bucks. You had eight guys get together and put together ten bucks. That was a lot of money, okay? So yeah. you, you had to make that money. That ten bucks, you had to make it count now. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just here to say. So, so there, so there you go. Um, uh, you got to, you have a way of saving the Jaguars, or at least keeping the team together. I guess you don't need saving; they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's it's more just if you want to keep the team together, if if that is the mission, and it seems to be that that's what Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke want to do, 
then how do you go about that when you rank 30th right now in salary cap space at 28.1 million over the projected cap, according to spotrack.com? Now, the fact that they're over the salary cap, that's not uncommon. There are 15 teams that are currently projected to be over the estimated cap. Um, Tampa Bay and New Orleans are both 55 million over it, uh, and they will get under it. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things that you the, you will have the the flexibility to do that. It's just how painful are the cuts you have to make, and in this case, with the Jaguars ascending like they are and having such a great culture, such a great foundation uh, led by Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence, if the key is retention, then how do you go about? getting under the cap, and retaining. That's difficult, but what really helps is you have Shad Khan, who is one of the richest owners uh, in the league, uh, very cash fluid, and uh, and do, willing to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, he's going to be writing big checks this offseason, but it's not going to be for players on other teams. It's going to be to keep the players that he has, the ones that are making the highest when you look at the cap, and, uh, you know, and, and so again, Trent Baalke laid this out Tuesday. Uh, his, his money line was cash is more important than cap. And the reason for that is the, the easiest way for the Jaguars to get under the cap so that they can make good runs at Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, Arden Key, the three priority free agents. Uh, you also need to leave about probably five to six million for your draft class. You got to sign your draft class. Um, and you can't touch contracts of any player that's yet to play three seasons in the NFL. Correct. So if you're sitting out there thinking, well, why not just give Trevor Lawrence a 10-year deal? You can't do it. You can't do it yet. Right. Uh, so, so you've got to work with the constraints of the, the players you have under contract that have uh, completed three years of service. So it's, it's an easy start. It starts with cutting Shaq Griffin, uh, who we know isn't coming back. That saves you $13.1 million. That's been the path the Jaguars have traditionally taken because usually their big free agent signings really haven't been as successful as the ones that they've had in the last two years. Uh, so Shaq Griffin, you, you take on a $4 million dead money charge in 2024. That's not that big of a deal. So you save $13 million basically in cutting Shaq Griffin. So now you're $15 million over. This is where restructuring really becomes big, and it's something that's a new wrinkle for the Jaguars. We haven't really had to deal with this. Because a, they've never been this over. They've they've always had plenty of cap space because they've never really had good players. So why would you be up against the cap? And uh, and now they are. So we've never really talked about restructuring, but that's what is going to be the watchword of this off season. Because basically, there's there's two ways to restructure. Uh, one is just a simple restructure where basically the team is taking your base salary, converting it to a signing bonus that the player gets right away, and the player loves it because they're getting an influx of cash immediately, and uh, and the team can just do it. They don't have to get the player's approval. It doesn't change the length of the contract. It just redistributes uh, the, how the cap is sort of works. So you save cap space now. You kind of kick it down the road to later. Uh, you can do a maximum restructure, but none of this is that. They don't have to do this. They could go down this road if they wanted to create even more room. A maximum restructure is basically a renegotiation, and that does require player approval, um, and it adds years to the deal. Um, so it's and not, all these are, are simple restructures. Uh, they again because they can get where they need to be with just taking that approach. So the first guy you would look at is Christian Kirk. His cap number is twenty three million. 
2023. He's an outstanding player. Everybody loves Christian Kirk. Uh, so obviously you're not, you know, you're comfortable with him being on the roster another two or three years. You're not worrying about, well, if he doesn't play well next year, are we going to want to cut him? Uh, you restructure Christian Kirk. You can probably save a good $10 million doing that. So between releasing Shaq Griffin, restructuring Christian Kirk, we're now just $5 million over the cap. Uh, I would restructure Aluakon. Uh, Foye Aluakon, I think, was sensational. He's 27 years old. Uh, his cap number is $19.1 million. You need to get that down. I think you can save $10 million in a restructure of uh, Aluakon. Now you're $5 million under, so you're making good progress. Cam Robinson's cap charge next year is $22.1 million. You can certainly bring that down by $10 million If Again, if this is a player you have faith in, and I think they do. So now you're $15 million under. You would go to Brandon Sheriff next. His cap hit is $20.9 million uh, in 2023. I, I think you could save $5 million on a restructure there. So you're now $20 million under. I would cut Caleb on Chase on. Uh, he, to me, he just simply hasn't done enough to warrant a $4.2 million cap hit in 2023. He had nine tackles and one sack last season. So if you cut Chase on, you save $2.4 million. You take on $1.8 million in dead money in 2024, which is no big deal. So you're now $22.4 million under. There's a couple special teams core guys I think you can cut. They're at the tail end of their rookie contract. They both make a million apiece, basically, in the savings that you would get. That's Chris Clay Brooks and Daniel Thomas. So now you're $24.4 million under. So you've done the job. Now you make aggressive charges at Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, and Arden Key. Uh, the the uh, any deal, the first year cap number is probably going to be the smallest. So if you say that Ingram and Taylor both come in first year at seven million each and Key at four million each, then you're basically sitting there. You've spent eighteen million. That leaves you with six point four million in space. That's enough to sign your draft class. It, it allows you to keep Roy Robertson, Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, Jamal Agnew, guys that have pretty high cap hits. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and again, there's other ways that they could create more money. But in this way, if they take this path, then you've protected all those players. The players that unfortunately I didn't keep in this model, Dewan Smoot, Marvin Jones, Andrew Wingard, Dan Arnold. And of those guys, the most significant of those to me is, is Dewey. Who, who you referring? That's what I was referring to in the first yeah. segment. Yeah, certainly he came up with it. it was always because I think he's a part of the culture. I think he. I think he. I, I think he's a good player. If you lose him, the world doesn't end because he's a situational player. But I think he's a big part of this movement. I believe that. And I, he was good when Cisco had to come and, out with the injury. And he's a good backup and safety. And he's yeah, definitely really good at special teams. Yeah. Heath Farwell, I think, yeah. is the only one who in Hayes' scenario is sitting there going, wait a minute, I lose Chris Claybrooks, yeah. who's, I think, the right. fastest player on the team. Daniel Thomas, also very fast, both special teams yeah. guys. And Dewey, at that point in time, I'm hamstrung a little bit special teams-wise, but you'll draft those but guys. But in, and, I, and look, in Dewey, in this division, you're always going to have four games against – not always, but for a couple years left, four games against Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. But the bigger and question – And Damian Pierce. And, and, and Damian Pierce. Uh, the bigger question I have – well, is, the good news is if if keeping Wingard is a right, must, right. that literally will cost you like $1.5 million. Correct. Right. So the, we can find that right. money in, right. in the cushion the, somewhere. The bigger, We've negotiated. The big question in your deal, is a serious question, is how how willing would guys be to rework their deals? 
Now there's cash up front. Well, in these restructures, these players don't have a choice. Yeah, okay. Oh, they don't? They do okay. not. Okay, really? Yeah, the simple restructure, the team can just do it. Okay. And, again, it's great for the player. They just get more money Because in instead of waiting for yeah, your, your yeah. checks to be right. paid right. out over the regular season, you're going right. to get, like, $10 million right. handed to right. you in February. And you're kicking some money down the road a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Still. There, there is a cost to yeah, doing and this. And what John Ogier made the Nothing point. is free. What John Ogier made the point is you're going to give you some – but – Windows don't last forever. It's been a long time since this team has been this good. If ever you were going to take a little bit of a risk, this would be the year you would do that. And the point we're going to hammer home over and over again is Trevor Lawrence is on his rookie deal for the here and now. So this window right. is right. even more special because you don't pay your quarterback 50-some-odd million dollars a year. Now, you don't want to get to where the money comes due about the time Trevor comes due. And so, the, But, but I, I like it, though. I, I think I would go all in now. That's what you're talking about. This is going all – this is the baseball equivalent of spending it all or the football equivalent of a baseball team spending all. I would go all in now. And, again, I, I think there is more significance to keeping this core group together than there normally would be because of all the things that happened. Again, what happened this year I – was, I, was, <laughs> I was watching some of the sounds of the game last night just up on, on, on the big screen like you coached me to do. Mm-hmm. And I just went through a bunch of them just because – I don't know, I just did. My wife isn't feeling great, so I was just she went to bed early, and I'm just kind of putting them up. And there's not a lot else I have to watch. The Gators won the basketball game, and I was bored after that. So I'm watching all these sounds of the game because they're all up there, and I'm thinking, what happened this year? It just doesn't happen. You just don't. You don't come back in the last play of the game and beat the Ravens, and then go for two, and then a week later beat the Cowboys on a a pick six in overtime, and then beat the Titans, who've kind of outplayed you because suddenly a ball bounces right to Josh Allen. And then get down twenty-seven to nothing, and then beat the Chargers on the last play of the game. It doesn't that unless it's a movie, it doesn't really happen in real life. So somehow keep together all the cast of characters. So yeah, I I, I think that's the most important thing this team can do. And, and nothing here would prevent anything with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so again, none of this really jeopardizes anything in terms of really huge decisions that they're going to need to make. Uh, it basically would just shrink their cap space uh, in 2024 and 25 a, a little bit more. But new TV deals are going to kick in. The cap is not expected to go up much this year, but in 2024 is expected to take a gigantic step forward right. because of new TV money that is coming in that's got to be distributed to the player side. So they're in a good position to do this. And uh, again, I, I would full. I don't know that they'll do it exactly like this. I mean, there's obviously a number of ways they could well, do it. Yeah. Like we didn't even talk about Josh Allen. He has a cap figure of ten point eight million dollars in twenty twenty three. Well, if they let's say they extended Josh Allen, they came to an agreement. His first year cap number might be like seven million. Okay, well you've saved three point eight. If you did that, that pays for you know in this case Wingard. Um, I mean, and then some. So, uh, you know, there's other things that they could do. Uh, they could elect not to pay Jamal Agnew a $5.8 million cap hit. If right. they release Jamal Agnew, they save $4.7 million. They could release Roy Robertson-Harris, especially if they decide Trayvon Walker is playing that spot next year. Uh, Roy Robertson-Harris carries a $10.1 million cap hit. If you release him, you save $7.8 million. So there's things that they could do. There's, there's cuts that they could make, but... I tried to keep as much of because yeah. I think Roy Robertson Harris had a really good season, and certainly Jamal Agnew. I other than you know obviously he had the fumble and Arrowhead, but I, I mean again 
there's a couple of these games late. They do not win without Jamal Agnew. He had some huge returns. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I think he does some good things on offense. And so, and obviously, Rayshon Jenkins, you've got to keep. I mean, you'd yeah. be just foolish right. to release him, even though you'd save money doing it. So, I uh, again, that the assignment that I tried to come up with is right. how many of these guys can I keep together and and yep. and retain Ingram, Taylor, and Key, which is going to be a challenge. Yeah, and and I think you'll still Ridley makes you better. You still got three premium draft picks. You get twenty four, sixty, whatever, and twenty four, fifty six, and I don't know. Is that twenty four and fifty? You hope they make you better. I still say they'll sign a few free agents. I, I don't know. Everybody, everybody signs free agents. Even the, the most cap-strung teams in the league run out four or five guys. They may not run out ten guys. They may not have the big, the big splash. So, so you're gonna you're gonna add guys anyway. But if you can add guys and still keep as much of this core, I, yeah, again, I think this is a special core, and keep as much of this core as you can. I really believe that. So, and I think to I think you did a great job, Hayes. And also, it, to your point of of trying to do it. The Jaguars said immediately when the season was over, we want to run it back. So this isn't just a, a media perspective talking about it. The players in the locker room also all want to stay together. I think Smoot would be devastated if he, if he wasn't here next year. Yeah, yeah, So and so, yeah, and I don't know that you keep him because of the injury, so we'll see what happens. But, but interesting stuff, no question about it. Uh, we'll take a break. I want to talk more about Frank Reich and coaching after this. Stay with us. She's a Friday night. Better than Saturdays. Someone to bring a stereo. Rocking the vinyl. Kidding me. You think KC, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Donna, Donna Summer weren't on those records? Huh? Someone might have had a strobe light. Too bad we can't like, go the, back in a time machine. When's the last time you went to Spencer's Gifts and bought a strobe light? Huh? <laughs> what a store. Spencer's Gifts was magnificent. Lauren, do you have any idea what Spencer's of gifts course. is? You walked in there with that strobe light. You know what else we used to have? Black lights. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a black light? Yes. Okay. You don't want to see everything under the black light. Well, you saw plenty of the Ramada <laughs> under the black <laughs> yeah. lights, which you did, for crying out loud. So what year is this? Well, I graduated in June of 76. Okay, so. So this would have been fall of 75. So men and women wearing bell bottoms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Platforms, yeah. silk. Gold chains. Did men wear bell bottoms too? Yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, we look, we were Pete Prisco before Prisco. Okay, <laughs> we had gold chains everywhere. Okay, Prisco's the only one that kept wearing them. I mean, we we were wearing them back in the day. Kidding me? Gold chains are back. And the gold's uh, expensive. When Saturday night, when Saturday Night Fever came out, forget about it. Just forget about it. Okay. There's, there's the you have never seen more when disco was all the rage. More people showing up at Nichols Alley and Spectrum. Is uh, get smart, John just texted me a moment or two ago. You've never seen more bad dancers who, comma, thought they were good dancers in your life. Trust me, there's nothing better than a really bad dancer who thinks he's a good dancer because he's not holding back. You know, I mean, the bad dancer. My generation had the, plenty of yeah, those the, as well. The bad dancer who knows he's a bad dancer kind of holds back. The bad dancer that thinks he's a good dancer, they're letting it go, bro. I'm just telling you. Yeah, that's called. Five drinks in, everybody thinks they're a good dancer. Yeah, yeah. Or back in the day, when or the day of Saturday things. Night Live, people just thought they were good dancers. We <laughs> had no idea. You, you, you would dance. See, you thought you looked like Travolta. Okay, you thought you were moving like Travolta. You weren't, but in your mind, that was Travolta's move out there. I was, was. so upset you. when 
Bell Bottoms came back because this is, I guess, what, like the third go round of Bell Bottoms now? Right. Because the first time would have been in the 70s and then in the 90s they came back. Like men never wore them. Not in the men. 90s. No, not in the 90s. No, women and only. And I don't think they wear them now, do they? No, yeah. now I think it's women only. So yeah. that part hasn't come back. But I was so upset with my mom when they did come back in style that she didn't keep all of hers because I would have. I saw all the pictures of her wearing bell bottoms. I was like, I would have worn all of these, but uh, she didn't keep them. Bell bottoms. Taylor Doll had the bell bottoms on. She did. She was, she was rocking the bell bottoms. She That's was, right. She was rocking the old the back the back in the day look. So there what you did you do with your clothes? <laughs> That's a great question. I have no, the, the answer is I have no idea. Okay, I, the uh, well, what I wish I still had were the leisure suits because mm-hmm. there was nothing greater than that. The would be suit. so funny. The le- if, if you the, ever walked in the here leisure one, the le- I, the, I wouldn't the come to until the, our third. Session. The leisure suit, the leisure suit made it into the world. Okay, it was it lasted probably eight months. The leisure suit probably lasted eight months, mid seventies. Then everybody realized how god-awful leisure suits were. But for those eight months, you thought you were, it was happening, bro. I'm just telling you, you thought you were the best looking, look at my light blue mm-hmm. or my peach-colored leisure suit. And, then, and that's what they were. They weren't black and brown, okay? They were pastel-looking because mm-hmm. there's nothing better than a guy rocking a pastel leisure suit <laughs> at Nichols Alley thinking he's a good dancer. That was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I'm... My dad would say, I can't believe I got married in a leisure suit. And it didn't really affect me until I realized, like, how bad that And, and I'll really see looks. some guys now, they'll wear, <laughs> like, dad. they'll have suits or suits with vests and say, that was my leisure suit. That wasn't a leisure You have to understand what a leisure suit was. A leisure suit had a world all of its own. So so there you go. That's what it was. It was, it was phenomenal stuff. The um, Frank Reich's a good coach. Does The fact that he got hired so quickly and the fact that so many people – could not believe what happened in Indianapolis. That thing got really dysfunctional. Is Jim Irsay an, a dysfunctional owner? Did he just get frustrated because they kept trying to bring in these veteran quarterbacks and it never really panned out? Because you followed the Colts closely. You followed mm-hmm. the division. What do you think? Yeah, I think Irsay is uh, taking a turn for the worst as an owner. And, you know, again, isn't it pretty easy to be an owner where when you've had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck for – However many years that was in a row, what was it, 18? Yeah. It feels like, other than the one year where Peyton was hurt and you weren't very good and, you know, and you got then luck. you got luck. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I think, you know, it, it's, I, I don't, I think when you've got that luxury at quarterback, you know, ownership is probably pretty easy. I, I think it's, it's been taxing. I, I think Ursay will regret ultimately letting Frank Wright go. I mean, I, I don't think he's like a spectacular coach. I've never been particularly impressed with him when he's come here. He's lost to some pretty bad Jaguars teams, including the 1-15 in team, um, and, and made some questionable decisions, I thought, you know, in those games. But he is a steady hand. He works well with quarterbacks. He's a good offensive mind. And as an owner, you just don't have to worry about him. You don't have to worry about the culture. He's going to build it the right way. Uh, so, you know, I, I think with the Colts, they just, I think, never recovered from Luck's retirement. I think they were so shell-shocked. And there was maybe even a little hint of, give him two years, he's going to change his mind. So all we really need is Phillip Rivers to get us through two years or, or whoever. Uh, and, and eventually Luck will come back because I think he was 30 when he retired. Uh, I think he's still a young man today, even though he's obviously not coming back. He weighs 115 pounds, but um, he's 33. He's 33. I mean, he could play. He, he, he could decide to come back. I mean, he's not going to, obviously, 
Uh, but but he could still even theoretically decide to come back and maybe have four or five really good years. Uh, he's he, The Athletic just did this great story on Andrew Luck about two or three months ago, and he's definitely not coming back. But I can see why the Colts would have been shell-shocked. I mean, imagine like in six years if Trevor Lawrence at like 29 – Said that's it. I'm done. I'm yeah. retiring. Just out of the. I mean, was in camp, and and, and that's one of and, the most unusual. And just circumstances decided, had, you know, yeah. ten days before the start of the regular season, I'm I'm retiring. I mean, it, it would be tough to, you know, to. But it. I don't know that it should have taken as long as it's taken for Indianapolis. And so, yeah, I think it's probably more of an ownership issue. And, and now, what Jim Irsay is going to have to say is. We're going to have to restart this. They need to make some. Tra- they need to trade some high-priced veterans. They need to realize that their window is completely shut for the first time in 20 years, and they need to restart. You know, draft a quarterback. Hope you get it right. Uh, I would not hire Jeff Saturday, although I think it would be hilarious if that's the route they choose. Um, There's a side of me that thinks he just might. Sure. I he mean, apparently I mean, still wants to. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't – I mean, there's a side of me that thinks he's – look, I'm rich. I'm the owner. I'm the boss. I'm, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to – I mean, obviously, if he was worried about what people think, he wouldn't have given him the interim job, right? Correct. I mean, I, I, I think there's a chance he's going to hire Jeff Saturday. And, and by the way, I don't blame Jeff Saturday. If, oh, no. If, if Jim Irsay came along and said, hey, you want to you wanna be the head coach and, it, look, if you get the full-time job, you're going to make $6 million? What's he going to say? No, no, I'm right. good. No, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep doing my three TV hits a week. Yeah, I mean, I I can see why he'd be impressed with losing the final seven games of the season, <laughs> but, <laughs> and and his one in seven mark why is the I, interim. Why but that, do I get the hunch he might keep him? Don't you get the hunch at I, all? Well, I I it can't be discounted because of what you're saying. He obviously has an affinity for Saturday, and he's obviously somewhat crazy. Right. And so when you factor <laughs> in, he's got some cool guitars. Yeah, I mean, Just saying. he's probably, uh, I mean, in terms of the 32 owners, yeah. if you had to be friends with some of them, Ursay would probably be a good buddy to have. He'd be high on the friend list. Yeah, but. He'd be high, period. Right, but I don't know that that, like, you know, is 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 going to lead to, yeah. you know, rebuilding the Colts. So I, I think I think they're in trouble. I mean, again, what Indiana, Indianapolis is going to say the same thing that Houston is saying and and maybe to a, a degree what Tennessee is saying. But certainly Houston and Indianapolis are saying this. Uh, yes, the Jaguars look like they're going to be good, but we need to see it more than one year before we completely cower right. in fear to That's, Jacksonville. And I agree with that. And and Tennessee could be folding. Right. So if, if, if that's the case – then you could be just maybe a Trevor Lawrence injury away from winning again. Not a great division. Yeah, yeah I, but that's so, why I would not hire Jeff Saturday. Because, well, I wouldn't hire him right, either. Because you have to but, rebuild the whole thing. Well, and, and, I, and Jacksonville I, got Doug Peterson to do that because he has experience. Well, and I can tell you this though, you made a good point. The re- is as excited as we all are. The rest of the league isn't cowering in, in, in fear of what Jacksonville is. I promise you. I promise you. In Nashville, they're saying, "Look, we have the worst season, worst injuries." Worst thing we possibly could have had. We lost our quarterback. We lost half our team most of the year. And we still had him beat. And a ball popped out that we're not even sure was a fumble. And it bounced right to their guy. I promise you in Nashville, that's what they're saying. I promise you in Indianapolis, they're saying, okay, the Jaguars won this year. But how many times? They did the same thing in 7-17. Seven and 17. They have, I mean, in, 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 I mean, nobody out there. Now, you win it two or three times. 
You, I mean, I don't think anybody feared the Bengals after last year. They went to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Okay, now they're going to start fearing them because they yeah. did it. They've done it two years in a row. But until you've done it with some regularity, no, the rest of the league and the rest of the division is not going to fear you. No matter how excited we are, they're not. Now, win it next year and win it the year after that. And Trevor pops up at a few Pro Bowls and get to an AFC Championship game. Well, you know what? Then you're looked at differently. But right now, I don't think anybody is. So it, it'll be fun. I, I think Frank Reich's a good coach. Uh, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad he got a job. He's apparently really well-liked guy. You know, highly thought of guy, and I'm glad and he I'm got a job. I'm glad he's in the NFC. Yeah, me know. too. Me too. Uh, it's going to be I, – I agree with that as well. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about this whole Joe Burrow thing. Great Joes, but also how good is he? Is he – up until now, nobody's talked about him as great, but they, thought, they talked about him as really good. But now this, this year – last year didn't elevate him. Last year, the college year got him on everybody's radar, the Heisman, the championship, the, the, high, the first pick. Last year got everybody talking about him. But I'll bet you there were very few people that ever said they thought he was as good as Mahomes or Josh Allen, even mid-season this year. Now, there's some people think he's the best guy. We'll talk about that more. Stay with us. Carlin, I know you want to get up and bust a move. Don't lie. I am. Don't lie to everybody in here. I feel it in my bones. How can you not? <laughs> what do you feel in your bones? Happiness. <laughs> Did they have grad night when you were in school? Yes. yes. Have we had this talk already? No. My grad, grad night, night was going to Orlando to Disney, I guess, whatever, wherever they have it. And the performer was Jessica Simpson. That's what you had? That's all I had. We, they bust us down. And grad night was always in Orlando at whatever park that was. And then, yeah, Jessica Simpson was the performing artist. Did you go to grad night? I went. I don't <laughs> remember... Anything? Like there being any sort of yeah. musical. I don't remember. We had an act. I don't remember who it was. One. I don't remember if it was Casey or Earth Wind and Fire. We had somebody. The Commodores. I don't remember who the act was. We went. Grad Night was fantastic. It was I went awesome. to it too. You would go to Grad Night? Yeah, I can't. We came down. We bust down from North Carolina. I didn't know that. So even North Carolina has we, Grad yeah, Night. Yeah. We, well, we, we went to Orlando. We we came yeah. down to uh, Disney for it. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember. I can't even remember who the who the artist was. It was not somebody that made it very big. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't remember either. So there you go. Grad Night was awesome. I just remember this girl was great. Jessica Simpson because obviously, obviously, she got very popular after yeah. that, and she lost a lot of weight from when I saw her to yeah. when she was on TV. This girl was kind of like this girl was kind. I told you just before, this girl was kind of like Duran Duran in the eighties. Even if you liked it you, for a while, that you couldn't say you liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I was a kid, so I was able to say I liked yeah, it. Yeah, Duran Duran Duran. There was probably about a ten year stretch between when you could admit you liked Duran Duran and couldn't. I get. That if you were like in your twenties, mid twenties, in the eighties, yeah. you probably couldn't. Say yeah, I mean, you're in the twenties. You just played a ball game. A bunch of you are drinking beers like at the sports old. bar. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I sure like that Simon right. LeBond. Right. You know, I about seven in the rag yeah, right. tiger. You probably, what an you album! You probably couldn't do yeah, that. Right. So, so there you go. Um, uh, Brooks, how good is Joe Burrow in your mind? How good is Joe Burrow? I think he's excellent. When we first talked about comparing Trevor Lawrence to the other quarterbacks, I had the hardest time, I think, with obviously Patrick Mahomes. But I said I would rather have Joe Burrow than Josh Allen. Yeah, He just seems to be so incredibly accurate, calm, cool, under pressure. Uh, the thing is, if you took Joe Burrow away from Jamar Chase and away from T. Higgins and all those – and Joe Mixon running the football – is he still as good of a quarterback? It's not fair to ask that because that's yeah. what he's got. Yeah. But he has some – if Trevor Lawrence had those weapons, how much better would he yeah. be, I guess, is, is the question. But Joe Burrow's got those weapons, and 
I think he's precise and he is really calm under pressure. He's the most. Is he? He's no one's Brady, but he's probably the most Brady like. Would you say of that's the, what the you know he's the, he's the most Brady like the of, guys in the know. That's what yeah. they they say. This this guy looks more like him than any anybody we've seen. The throwing motion, the 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 poise in the pocket. He's more athletic, but today's quarterbacks are more athletic. So than than the quarterbacks when Tom Brady was young. But he's he's the most Brady like guy. Where's he on your list? How 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 good how good how good? Burrow right now, I think, is second. I I would put him ahead of Josh Allen, who does do spectacular things. But, again, you know, longevity is always a big thing with me. And I do wonder, Josh Allen is is incredibly gifted, but I don't know how often he's going to be able to take the just absolute beating that he willingly takes because these are not sacks. I mean, when Josh Allen runs, I mean, he's, he's, he's a truck. And I I do wonder if that will eventually catch up to him, uh, even though he's a big guy. And so I just I like the way Burrow plays. To me, Burrow's going to be able to he he'll still be great when he's forty if he still wants to play. Uh, his skill set allows for that. So uh, I would I would put Burrow second behind Mahomes. Yeah, I. I but I, to your point, Lauren, and to your credit, you hadn't been before. He kind of went there, didn't he? He he kind of he kind of he kind of went to to number two all of a sudden. I mean, no, I don't know that very many people had him ahead of Josh Allen a month and a half ago. Which I think we should have because of the fact that his team made it to the Super Bowl and he beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. I mean, his team, he and his team, beat, but toe-to-toe with, with Mahomes beat him and they made it to the Super Bowl and they were very close to winning the Super Bowl and he's done all this without the offensive line that some other guys have been able to benefit from. So I think... Analytically, we probably should have had him higher, but either way, he's certainly ascended to that point now. Yeah, that was the uh, the uh, um, no, that's right, that's right. I, is is I? You want to hear something crazy really quick? Yeah. When Joe Burrow was Trevor Lawrence's age, mm-hmm. Trevor right now is twenty three. Right. When Joe Burrow was twenty three, he was at LSU. Oof. Is that right? Isn't that incredible? Yeah, yeah. It, that that's yeah. that's how young Trevor Lawrence is. Because uh, all these guys get grouped together, like sure. Joe, like you know, they Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are the same age. They're really not yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Joe Burrow is uh, three years older, and it's a substantial three years when you put it in that perspective. What Joe Burrow's accomplished, give Trevor Lawrence that next three years, yeah. and then we'll see where Trevor Lawrence is with Joe Burrow. And, yeah, and and again, it's, Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, and, Brock Purdy's the same age as Trevor yeah, Lawrence. And, and and here, well, as and, a rookie. And and I, and I love the fact that Trevor Lawrence likes to kid about the fact that Luke Fortner right. is two years older than him. <laughs> right. And Luke Fortner steps in Bennett's age. You know, so so but the you're right. It all started so early for Trevor. I, I do believe, you know, we have to be careful. I have to be careful that I don't get so caught up in the moment being the Jacksonville Duval guy that that I that I look at it objectively. But I said a moment ago, the other teams in the division aren't convinced that Jacksonville's gonna roll over in the next ten years. But they are convinced that this Trevor Lawrence guy is going to be a problem. I do. I do believe that. I don't think there's much debate about that. Do you? I, I would. I would agree. I think it's just their debate is: Will the Jaguars flounder around 500 with yeah. him? Uh, because their history says they tend to. Correct. Or will they really be able to consistently become a 
you know, 10, yeah. 11, 12 win team yeah. every year. So do then they focus free agency in the draft on their secondaries? If, uh, and pass rush. And yeah. pass rush, right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, the ja- first, the Jaguars? The, 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 the opponent. Oh, yeah. First, you've got to find your answer to Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. number one. Yeah, yeah, that's number one. But then once but you do that, Matt, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and look, pass rush and secondary, pass rush and corner, the Jaguars, two gigantic needs. They're, everybody's gigantic need if you don't have it. So, you, so you're right about that. But back to Burrow for a second. I... And I tell people this all the time. You could not have you could not have been a more invisible professional sports franchise than the New England Patriots were before Tom Brady got there. The the gap between the other four teams in that in that in their city and the Patriots, I'll bet you if you had to rank one, two, three, four in, in Boston, you'd have trouble doing it. You'd have trouble doing the first three. I mean, are the Celtics bigger than the Red Sox? Are the? And, I mean, and, I'm and, speaking as a Floridian. Yeah, I would. I would think it's probably Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins. But the Bruins, Rick Ballou, who knows it like the back of his hand, tells you the Bruins are right there, and the Celtics are the Celtics. I mean, they're the Boston Celtics. They're 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 one of the most named. For, so the point is, whatever whatever order you have those three in, the Boston Celtics and all those titles under Red Auerbach. The Boston freaking Red Sox and the Bruins, who Bobby Orr, they were like this great franchise. The Patriots are so far below them. And then along comes this guy Brady and this guy Belichick who failed in Cleveland. And then boom, 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 they're the most talked about franchise in the league. Could the Here's where I'm going with this. Could the Bengals, who have never done anything, they've lost a few Super Bowls. Even the teams that lost Super Bowls, and, and the one was the, the 26-21 game was very close. But you never felt like they were sticking around for a while. The, the, they want, the, the 49ers beat them 26-21. Was it 81, somewhere thereabouts? That was the John Taylor yeah. catch at might, the end? Might have been. Might have been. But it was, I, it was, so. I, know, I know the score was 26-21. It was early 80s. But you never felt like they were built. You felt like they, they snuck into the party, had a few drinks, and snuck out of the party and weren't invited back. It wasn't like the 49ers you knew were going to keep coming back. It wasn't like the Redskins of that era or even the Dolphins right before that. So they, they snuck in and snuck out. Do the do the Bengals stick around? You get the sense that I mean, I never thought the Bengals were going to go to the go deep in the playoffs this year, early in the year. They lost to the Steelers on opening day. They 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 were one and two or zero oh and two and one and three or something like that. Zero oh and two for sure. Zero oh and two, but then they found themselves. Are we stuck with Bengal mania for the next ten years? I think so, as long as you know they don't really mess up. They do not have Shad Khan as owner. Uh, so money will be an issue so they have a cheaper owner, for Cincinnati. Right. And once you start paying, obviously they're not going to let Joe Burrow go. They're not going to let Jamar Chase go. But once you are looking at $70 million probably in cap dollars for those two players, uh, you know how aggressive is uh, Mike Brown going to allow his general manager to be filling out the rest of the roster? And you know that's, that's where Cincinnati could – get into some issues but they should be I mean it I you know it's it's a tough division uh I'll never count the Steelers out for long as long as Tomlin is the coach I you know I'm sure that they've got to be optimistic about Pickett and Pickens and the the moves that they can make this offseason I I don't think they view this as well we're down for five years the Browns just made this massive trade for Deshaun Watson who is at least shown at times in the NFL that he can play at a very high level. Right. 
And the Ravens are the Ravens. The Ravens believe that they're going to come right back, and if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, yeah, that they're going to be a contender. So I think the AFC North is is a tougher path than the than the South. It's a tougher Trevor. Path. It's a tougher. I agree with that. The but the steel to me the Steelers and the Ravens and the Titans are never going to be bad. You're never going to look up and one of those guys is is going to be four and thirteen. None of those three are ever headed to four and thirteen. But I'm not completely convinced any of those three are you're going to look up and they're headed to 14 and three either. That's still about quarterback. If someone goes 14 and three, they've got quarterback. Uh, it, it's it, it's without exception now. If someone if someone hangs one of those 13, 14, 15 win seasons, their quarterback's going to the Pro Bowl. There's, there's no there's no getting around it. I, I don't think you're going to see the Trent Dilfer championship anymore. I don't I don't I think that day's over. I, I'm not a big Matt Stafford fan. I'm not I'm not as high on him as you are and some other people are. But he's still Matt Stafford, first overall pick in the draft, that helped lead his team to a Super Bowl. You know, so I so so it'll be interesting to see the way that, the way that all plays out. A lot more to do. Glad you're with us. Ten Tennessee on ninety two point five FM. I'm happy to report that the Ramada has weighed in. Nice. It was KC in the Sunshine Band at Grad Night. At Grad Night. Yeah. At Grad Night. Doing this right here. We don't know about the AFC Championship. That I don't know, but I do know they were grad night. Awesome. That's slightly along, better than Jessica Simpson. <laughs> along with the Ohio players. Did that do anything for you? No. Ohio players do anything for you? You know the name? Uh, I do not. They had some uh they had some disco music back in the day. Disco's all the rage. You know? It was Casey yeah, and I the Sunshine Band. I'm not judging. And the Ohio players. I'm so disappointed that I can't remember any of those Ohio player songs, but they you would know if you heard them. Okay, the Ohio players. They were they were fantastic. They're in the same genre of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and KC, and and, and but uh, so that's who's there. Listen, the peeps, the peeps weigh in. Okay, they're not afraid. Absolutely. Okay, the Ramada weighs in. Always remember that the Ramada weighs in. Fire the Ramada is, is always song. listening. I said the Ramada is always listening. Fire. Fire is their most famous song. What are some other ones? Give me some other ones. Pleasure, late it, pride and vanity, waltz, first trip, walked must, away from you. Must be fire. Must be, must be the fire. <laughs> must be fire. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of them. Best Joes in sports history, please. Namath. I think it it DiMaggio. Yeah. DiMaggio DiMaggio Montana. Montana. Yeah. Okay. Frazier. Frazier, well done. Okay. Green. Joe, Joe mean Joe Green. Joe Lewis. Now I have one that's that's very famous but had a kind of a sad ending to the story. Okay. Paterno. Joe Paterno, yep. Very yeah. famous. He was very famous. You're right. That that's probably the list, right? That's probably that's probably the list. Um, Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan's on the, the big list. red machine. Uh, well done, uh, Joe. Joe Buck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Joe Tess. Yeah, I would not have thought of him. Joey Votto. Yeah, I didn't know if Joey's counted. Yeah. Uh, well, they well, it's our rules. We make them count. Um, music Joe's is Joe Cocker the best music Joe. Joe Walsh. Yes, Joe Walsh. Joe Perry. Joe Perry. You said Joe Cocker earlier. Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Joe Walsh. Joe Perry. How about the guitar riff? Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone. Who I know. I should know who that is. Backstreet Boys, right? Oh, Boys. how do I not know that? <laughs> I wanted that. How did way. I know I that? that way. I Correct. Wanted that way. Um, for sure. Joe Satriani used to do some guitar riffs. You probably don't know who mm-hmm. that is, do you? I've heard of him. Okay. I've heard of him. I wouldn't be able to identify him. So that, we just pretty much do all the Joes. That's uh, like that's all the Joes that matter. Joe Rogan. Does he count in some <sighs> sports because of the UFC? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Not, no, no, he doesn't. Joe Dirt. 
Joe, Joe, Joe Dirt. Joe Pesci. Joe Joe Pesci for sure. Oh, did I say yeah? Joe Pe- Joe Pesci may be the best actor. Joe. There's not a lot of I great. Think so. There's not a lot of great actor Joes. Okay. Yeah, not that I can think of. I think Joe Burrow's right there with these guys. I think Joe Burrow's right. Do you think? I mean, I, I think Joe well, Burrow. Sure. I mean, holds I, his own with these guys. By the time he gets to the end of end of the line, he could be up there with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, real. I mean, if, if he's headed to this, if he's headed to that, and he's kind of Montana-like in that he's regular guy. Right. You know, if you if you if you bumped into Joe Burrow and didn't know anything about sports, you'd think he's a lawyer that's off heading to happy hour. Yeah. I mean, I mean you you wouldn't think. That guy, right? He doesn't well, it look was like professional. The best thing about Joe Montana is Joe Montana didn't look. He you know he looked like a guy that might be, you know, might be working at the office. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think before the Ravens playoff game, they were showing him walking into the stadium, and he happened to be walking through security right as Collinsworth was. Right. It was calling the game, and he walks up to Collinsworth and taps him on the outside shoulder. Yeah. And then goes to the other side. Right. And they caught it on camera. So Collinsworth kind of turns around and can't figure out <laughs> who did it. Who who did it. Because by that point, Burrow was like a good 10 paces. <laughs> and right. anyway, I'm, I mean, I'm sure he kind of he's, figured it out. He's a regular it, guy. But yeah, I mean, it's just something something kind yeah. of fun. Here you're getting ready to play a really, you know, yeah. pressurized game. And, you yeah. know, you're, you're loose, obviously. He has so. his master's degree, by the way. I don't know what the master's is in. His undergrad, because he graduated from Ohio State, was in uh, – Financial services. So it'll, it'll be. So I think he'd be your. I'd give him my money. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he'd be your banker. And, and and I think when and I think when we did that poll, Gibby, you did a poll a couple of days ago. Who people are rooting for? Yeah, yesterday. And, okay, so part of it is this, the Bengals have never won, and nobody dislikes the Bengals. You said the Bengals won like a landslide in the poll, right? Yeah, the Bengals at last check were fifty-eight uh, percent. Yeah. That was the highest amount of the Which vote. Which is high if there's four teams on. Right. It. That's a high. That's a high percentage. He's part part of us. They're the ultimate underdog, right? You know, and I and but but the Eagles haven't won much either, right? But but no they won one recently. Yeah, they did win. Re- correct. Good point. The one time they did win is it's recent. Yeah, I think people. I think some Jaguars fans don't want the Chiefs to win because they don't want Mahomes to get a second one before Trevor even gets one. And they're almost getting tired. Of, like Hayes made the point yesterday that there's no villains among the teams, but the Chiefs are heading there. If the Chiefs win another title or two. You're gonna be tired of them winning. Not that they did anything wrong. Not that they're not likable, but you can if, if te- any team that starts winning too much, you've had your fill of them. Why do you think people are cheering for the Bengals over the 49ers? I think I think probably I think it's the Burrow thing. And if and remember too, the 49ers won a bunch of titles. The 49ers have five. I was rings. gonna say if they win this one, they might be tied with the Steelers. The Steelers yeah, have six, right? I think they might be yeah. tied. They I might just feel even... like they're an underdog with Purdy. Yeah, sure, but yeah, traditionally they're they're a but, blue blood. but they don't know Purdy well enough to like him yet. Yeah, they know he's a story, but they they everybody knows Burrow. Everybody knows how, the emotion at the Heisman when he like, he teared up, and they see him sitting with the guitar with the with the cigar. You mm-hmm. know, everybody kind of he's kind of he's a he's a likable guy that everybody knows. I think that's probably it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people like Jamar Chase, and you know he's certainly a fun player to watch. And I I think I think when if the if the if the Ravens were in the Super Bowl. I think people would be rooting for them because Lamar Jackson's likable. You know him, you remember him from college. He's likable. He seems like a he seems like a likable guy. Joe Burrow to me seems like a like. Well, now Patrick Mahomes does too, but he's big now. You know what I mean? He's gotten too big. He's he's outgrown. 
He's outgrown adorable. Yeah, he can't be charming anymore. He can't be because he's too right. too good. You, right. you, he's outgrown charming because right. he's Just too like good. Just like Tom Cruise can't be a charming leading man in Hollywood. He's <laughs> Correct. He's done it for that, too long. That's the point. Yeah. And that's that, that's the point. By the way, uh, Taylor Dahl corrected us. Joey Fatone is in sync, oh, not Backstreet Boys. Our bad. I had to think about it because I was like, way. honestly, I'm not sure that I know. But I love the fact that but Taylor wouldn't let that go. Taylor's not going <laughs> to let that go. When you're a child born of the 90s, you know the Taylor, differences between got, Backstreet well, Boys and Well, you got standards is what you have. Okay? <laughs> I have one more, Joey, or Joe. Yes. Uh, we got this on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Joey Ramone, the lead singer of oh, the yeah. Ramones. How about that? How about that? A, lot, a lot of text in for that one. Yeah, Joe Schobert. Like What's that? Jaguar Joe Legend. Schobert. Joe Schobert, huh? <laughs> how, did we, how did we miss Joe Schobert? Shoeless he Joe, led, did we say him? Uh, I'm surprised that didn't Joe's come right after Mean Joe Green. <laughs> <laughs> he or led Joey the Jaguars Patone. in interceptions is, that is season. Is Joe Schobert the greatest Joe, greatest Jaguar Joe of all time? Is he, is he the only Jaguar Joe? Has there been another Jaguar Joe? We've had 28 years. There's got to be other Jaguar Joes. Is there a Gator Joe? Noel Joe? Joe, uh, Joe Hayden? Joe Hayden, yeah. look at yeah. you. You weren't afraid. Joe Banyard? <laughs> Was a former Jaguar? Joe Banyard. <laughs> no, wasn't the Joe the Zalinka? long snack long snapper Zelinka. Oh, Joe Zelinka. Joe He's Zalinka. the best Jaguar yeah. Joe. He's a great Jaguar. Joe he Cullen, Jody Camillus. The Jody two coaches. Yeah, Jody. Two coaches. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I same with me. I text with Joe Cullen all the time. Did we ever say Joe Tory, Joe Gibbs? How did we forget Joe? Those I, are good I ones. meant to write down Joe Tory and okay. I forgot. Joe uh, thanks to Ashtastic seventy two for tweeting me that. Okay. Jo- you had Joe Tory won a batting title and a bunch of in a bunch of titles as a manager. So so there's that. By the way, we didn't get to this. But what a colossal joke that Scott Rowland made the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we didn't get to it. Yeah, how, how bad is that? I, and Scott Rowland is good player. He's in the Hall of – he's not in the Hall of very good. He's in the Hall of pretty good. I thought the exact same thing. Gibby, what would you think of that? Yeah, I um, I didn't agree with it. I thought Andrew Jones should be in. Now I know that Andrew Jones, his lifetime batting average was two fifty four. but the stat I always go back to with Andrew is that he's one of four players ever – with 10 gold gloves and 400 home runs. I mean, that to me says a lot. The other three guys, uh, Willie Mays, you might have heard of him. And, you know, it's just in Mike Schmidt and then Ken Griffey Jr. Those are the other three guys. And so, yeah, Scott Rowland is the Hall of Very Good, I would think. Yeah, and, and I and, – And, and, and Dale Murphy, by the way. Hall of Fame has lost its fastball. Well, I almost get the it impression – It started with Harold Baines. Yeah, it did. And now yeah. they've gone That's completely right, – yeah. I, I almost get the impression with Scott Rowland – that the voters said, "Look, we we got nobody to vote for. We're not going to vote for the steroid guys. We're not going to vote for the guys. That, so let's put somebody in there." Did, didn't it say, and there's not a lot of third basemen in the hall. That's the other. How many third basemen are there? Very few. Rick yeah. and I were talking about that last night. Yeah, there's not very, it's because there's not many third basemen in there. I think that's one of the reasons he got in. But I, I agree with you, Scott. I was shocked. I was shocked. He's barely memorable to me. I I agree. You know, he never won an MVP. I don't think he ever got yeah. close to winning an MVP. Yeah, and and by the way. Dale this is Murphy. a good time for me to mention the yeah, Dale, Dale Murphy, Murphy. one, well, 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 Yes, well, exactly. I mean, if you ever really look at Dale Murphy's stuff, Dale Murphy, I mean, seven-time All-Star, a two-time MVP, um, one, of the, one of the first five 30-30 guys. How is he not in? It's cause if it's Scott a, Rowland's in, how is he not in? Because it's a complete joke. That's why. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> well, it's a good answer, but, but I mean but, – but apart from those of us that think he should be in, be in and are angry, because I'm right with you on it, angry about it, I mean, I wonder why really he's not in. I mean, he's literally one of the faces of baseball in the 80s. Yeah, I, I, I no mean, question. He, he couldn't have a better ambassador, and he was a phenomenal player, and he's penalized because, you know, he had a, a, a steep decline to the end of his career. Why do they focus on that? 
Focus on his at his peak, mm-hmm. what he was. He was a sensational player. Let me give you this. Instead, Let me... let's put in Scott Rowland. Seven-time All-Star. Errol Baines. Yeah. Five-time Gold Glove winner. Okay, five-time. That matters. Four-time Silver Slugger. He won back-to-back MVPs. I think he was an MVP of an All-Star game, which I think, you know, yeah. it is, you know, adds matter. some sizzle. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that he's not in. Anyway, he declined. And but it's it's amazing that he didn't get in. And I. Uh, but most players decline if they play for a long time. Well, he didn't play for a long time. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he declined earlier than and, and it, uh, than and, you would and, think. And his decline was was quick. Was it was eye popping. Yeah. He went. He went from he he was he was Braves, Phillies, Rockies, and by the time he got to the Rockies, he could barely put the ball in play. I mean, it really it left him in a hurry. But uh, but I agree with you. I, I think. He's but again, it. I mean, wh- he had so many great years before then. I I just don't know. It yeah. just doesn't seem like with athletes we focus on the final three years of their career as much as we focused that on Dale Murphy. I mean, again, he had, uh, in terms of home runs, uh, this is 1982, 36, 1983, 36, 1984, 36. 1985, 37, 1986, 29, 1987, 44. I don't care what the end of his career looked like. I just gave you a Hall of Fame career. And and by the way, in those numbers you gave, seriously, People weren't hitting thirty home runs. Right. There there was there was no there were no syringes. There was no cream and clear back then. Those guys were hitting. Those guys were legit home run hitters. I mean that that's a to to run off what you just ran off. And by the way, being a really good defensive center fielder. He wasn't a left fielder or a right fielder. He was a center fielder, a really good defensive center fielder with those home run numbers and hit for average and stole bases. He was the 30-30 guy. For people that don't know, once upon a time, stealing 30 bases and hitting 30 home runs, nobody ever did it. Mantle was the first to do it. How many, I mean, even still, fewer than 10 have ever done it, right? Uh, Gibby, have there been more than 10 30-30 guys? There might be a little bit more. Nobody steals bases anymore. But it's, yeah, it's not. 43 players have reached the 30-30 club in Major League Baseball. 43? Yeah. 13 oh, have wow. done it more than once. Okay, I didn't realize that. So, 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 okay. But recently, there's not been many. So 13 multiple guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, 13. I didn't know there's 43 of them, so unbelievable stuff. All right, we'll take a break. Let's talk some hoops after this on 10 Tennessee LA 92.5 FM. Keep it I don't blame you. It's good mood music. Oh, my goodness. KC and the Sunshine Band. So nobody has weighed in as to whether or not they played at halftime of the 1919-99 championship game. So I've just imagined that, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Brooks, I wish I Brooks could help find you. Anything. Brooks can find out where he went to elementary school. Okay, so she hasn't well, been able to easy. find it. So obviously he must not have done that. So. But uh, anyway, KC and the Sunshine Band. I'm going to keep researching. You probably imagined a lot of stuff I, in the 70s. Yeah, well said. Uh, this is in the 90s, but well said. Right. Uh, time now for the 1010 Take. It's brought to you by Batteries Plus, Power It, Light It, Fix It, eight Jacksonville area locations. Here's my take. I don't know if Todd Golden will be able to recruit good players. I have no idea what he'll be like as a recruiter. But I'll bet you if he gets good players, they'll be pretty damn good because I think he can coach. Watching how they play watching the ball movement, watching the way they play defense. I'm still not sure they're very good. South Carolina's terrible. Florida beat them by 21. Florida's up 30, by the way, in the game. But I think he's found a way to use what I think are very limited pieces the right way. 
Myron Jones couldn't make anything. I don't know how he made all those threes at Penn State. But he's using him as a secondary ball handler now, and he plays kind of two point guards together, and it's working. Um, he's got Kwesi Reeves, who's so up and down um, in the games at the right time. But when he's on, when Kwesi's on, he's really good. He's very, he's, very dy- he's very dynamic. He can make threes. He can get to the rack. The uh, um, No headband for Kwesi last night. I noticed threw me that. off a second. I, I noticed that. I didn't even know who it was when he went. I said yeah. the same thing. And so, but uh, but as I, as, I, as I watch them play, I think he really knows how to get them to play. Hayes, you said you've heard people think he's got an NBA. He'll be an NBA coach one day. Well, the NBA coaches really know that the X is an O's thing. And I think uh, he's a really good coach. I don't know if they'll ever recruit good players. Therefore, I don't know if they'll ever have a good team, like a really good team. But they're going to beat they're going to beat most teams when the talent is similar. I, that's my read. 20 games in, he's now coached 20 games there. In 20 games in, I think he's going to be a very good basketball coach. That doesn't mean they're going to have great success because that comes down to how many ballers you can get. But I like the way he coaches the guys he has, and that's the 10-10 take. Yeah, I agree. And I will say this, from a recruiting standpoint, not a whole lot to get excited about. Um, obviously, it's uh, early. But right now, the, the 2023 class has uh, just one signee, and it's a three-star player. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I would imagine that uh, I would hope more is coming. They rank 85th right now in recruiting. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. And I, and I'm sure that that's the model that he'd like to use. Uh, you, you obviously have to mix in the portal as well. So the jury's still very much out on, can Todd Golden get elite players to Florida? But I agree with what you're saying about how he's adjusted as a coach. Uh, he's had to go small, which really no coach likes to do because you get killed on the glass. And even though they, they led the game by 30, uh, at a point, and they won it comfortably. I think they led by double digits, like right. the final 18 did. minutes of the game. They did. They did. Um, With Fudge on the bench too. Yeah, they uh, they got out rebounded 45 to 36. Right. Uh, you know that they're really small yeah, without Fudge. And and you know so second chance points, uh, 21 to seven in favor of South Carolina. Obviously, you've got to play really well in every, most every other area to overcome that, particularly as you now get ready to play uh, the gauntlet that they're getting ready to play over the next four games. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged by what I see. It's clear that, you know, they had to kind of get used to playing together. Uh, Todd Golden was asked about it after the game and basically said, yeah, it was 13 freshmen, basically, because none of us have ever played, worked together, played together. Right. These guys, ha- you know, the first year here on campus, so – uh, he's like, it's a shame we had to, you know, we played a very difficult schedule and it's a shame that we had to kind of discover that, discover ourselves in losing games. Uh, but luckily it didn't completely derail their confidence and they've been able to get on a nice little streak here and, and at least put themselves in position to make a run uh, at the tournament. I don't expect now that they'll probably make it because I'm not expecting much in this four game stretch. If they're able to go two and two, uh, they will absolutely rise up the board uh, because of of how much the the strength of schedule will enhance, and they would obviously be getting two very good wins. Uh, but right now, even even having lost last night, I mean, won last night, they actually fell in the net uh, to forty six. So they're they're right kind of there where, you know, if they could somehow win two of the next four. Then they probably are on the right side of the bubble coming out of that. But if you go 
one and three, zero oh and four. I, it's going to take some. It's going to take a lot to get them in. The reason I'm confident about Todd Golden is recruiting. Eh, I mean, in today's day and age of college basketball, it's all about the transfer portal. Almost every team that is successful has some guys that have transferred in, and so when you talk about recruiting, I'm not as worried about that because I think he can get guys to come to Florida that are going to be pretty good there. That's A. B, right now you look at, yes, Florida lost to Texas A&M twice. Texas A&M just crushed Auburn last night at Auburn. South Carolina was able to beat Kentucky, so that's certainly a, a better win than than maybe we'd think. I don't think they're going to be very good, though. Uh, and I think as far as Florida's future, the gauntlet's hard, but I, I think for sure Florida gets one out of the next four. You do? I do. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I think Florida gets one. Are you, you're, you're convinced they get one. Hayes says that anyway they can go two and two. And look, we'll, we'll know soon enough. This end, It ends on February 8th. I can't fathom them winning one of those games. I mean, they're playing. I can't fa- Alabama played close against Mississippi State last night. I, you're right. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I'm, just, I mean, I'm just trying I to mean, give you hope. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't fathom Florida winning any of those four games. And I, and I, and I hate that they're all bunched in there together because he's turned it into a gutty little team that I never dreamed they'd be five and three in the league. I was way off in that. You know, I uh, – so – so, but I mean, at Kansas State's ranked, they're they're playing two, four, and five, and then at Kentucky, who by the way has won four in a row all of a sudden. So, I uh, and it's at Rupp. I I can't, and it's at eight thirty at night. I can't. Maybe I'm way off the mark. You guys think they could win one of those or two of those? I can't fathom it. I. I Oh, I don't think they can win two. Yeah. I'm just saying if they yeah. win, that should be their goal. Yeah. If they I, could somehow go two and two, oh, oh, which I don't anticipate way, happening. They go two and two in this stretch. Well, then then all of a sudden they're 14 and 10, possibly seven and four based on which one. Assume that one of the wins is Kansas State. Okay, so then they would be, they'd be 14 and 10, and they would be six and five. Yeah, I think if you're 14 and 10 and six and five, you you have a chance because that means that could set up for a, look. You get to nine and nine, you're in. I don't care what the overall record is. I believe they get to nine and nine, they're probably in, and they're five and three. I thought, but honestly, I thought by now they'd be two and six. So that shows you how far off I was. I never saw them at five and three. You guys kind of did. I never saw them at five and three. Now, so so they I think that's a testament to Golden's coaching. Uh, he'd see, and if you watch them play, they know how to play. You they they are they are in sync with each other. They still make some awful looking plays because they're not very talented. They go, they they miss layups. They'll double clutch and throw a ball away, but that's not coaching. He's got him in the right offense and the right defense. Just not a very talented. Look, I, I said it again. I'll say it again. There's a reason these guys were at VMI and Belmont, Belmont and St. Bonaventure and sitting on the bench at LSU. It's not just not a very talented team. Well, it's, and he was never going to have that in year one. No, no yeah, question. I no, mean, by the way, neither did Billy. Right. Neither did Lon Kruger. Neither did the, the one who did a little bit was Mike White because he inherited Billy's guys. But no, no, no question. I agree with you. I, I there's no. I'm not indicting him. I was never going to indict him for their record this year. I was going to tell you I worry, and I'll say this again. No matter how mad it makes Gator fans, and I. It's not a very good basketball job. It's an ordinary basketball job, no different than Alabama or Auburn or LSU or Georgia or Tennessee. And you're, if some players, sometimes you'll get players, sometimes you won't, but you're never getting one because of your school. Whereas Florida football is going to get players because of the logo, just like Alabama and Georgia and LSU and FSU are. They're never getting a basketball player because of the logo. For a while they did because of what Billy Donovan built. But for the 100 years before that and the 10 years since then, it hasn't been like that. 
You know, so I, I just think that the but 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 it, it looks like he knows how to coach them. That's what I'm that's the point. Yeah, one thing that will be interesting is if they if the worst case happens and they go winless, they go 0 and 4. Their final 7 are all I would say at least somewhat winnable. Um, they go to Arkansas, but Arkansas surprisingly has a it. losing record in conference play. Winning that game would surprise me less than any of the other four. Any of the I would four. agree. Uh, and Kentucky visits Gainesville, right. and that's the one time where you can count on that will be that building will be electric. Yeah, uh, that, that's what's interesting, Hayes. One, two, three, four, five. The seven games after the gauntlet, they could go five and two. They're all they're all potentially winnable games. They they and and, and look, they, they're five and one in their last six. And that this last six aren't all that different than those seven. That's kind of your point. So when they're five and one of that six. So yeah, I think uh, I, I think and that here's what's probably going to happen. I think they're going to lose all four of those games, Lauren. You think they're going to get one? But I think they're going to. We'll see. I think they're going to lose all four of those games, which would make them twelve and twelve, and then uh, five and six. Twelve and twelve and five and six. My guess then is they go four and three or five and two the rest of the way. They probably have a uh, they probably or have a high seed in the NIT, and their one team the NIT will matter because when you're new and you've got some guys coming back, how well you do in the NIT matters because you're on TV. So my guess is that's what they're headed for: a couple games over 500, high seed in the NIT. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's. But I, but I will say what I came away from. I mean, when you win five out of six and they're all league games in a pretty good league, you're doing something right. You they, they, you don't just fall into five out of six. In a pretty good conference, you know they're five and three. They're not two and six like I thought they'd be. Particularly when this is one eighty, not what he wants to do. Right. I mean, this is not the kind of identity he wants to have. But he's, to his credit, just said this is the only way we're going to win. Yeah. That, right. He's you know, adapted. And but I so I I do think that this version of Gator basketball will not be the version when Todd Golden really has his guys. I'll tell you what I figured it out, and I'm watching even Ju struggle a little bit this year. I'm watching how UNF struggled after the all the birds of Trey guys left. I watched Florida. I, I and it sounds so freaking simple, but you gotta have guys that can make threes. You know that you have got in this day and age, you've got to make threes. It, it, I, I don't care what else you do or what else you think you could do, and how well you defend, and how well you share the ball, and 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 how and how what your assist to turnover ratio is and how the ball never sticks and how you play off two feet and all the things the coaches say you have to do you know that you got to make three you make threes a good team becomes a great team and a bad team can be a, a, a an okay team you got to make three pointers you got to do it and and Florida is obviously hasn't done that and it's uh it's cost them they rank yeah. right now 215th in the country shooting the three 33.5% they're 215th in the you you got to make threes, and and that's why they're twelve and eight. And before we're going to blink, and they're going to be twelve and twelve, or somewhere thereabouts. So we'll see what winds up happening. Take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to a college football topic. We talked about the last year without a twelve-team tournament. What does that mean? That and more. Stay with us. KC in the Sunshine Band, old rock Thursday today. Frank Frangie hates Carline. Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gifton with you, taking you back to the age of disco. You've seen the Boogie Freaks in person, right? Many times. Many times. That's obviously Casey and the Sunshine Band makes me think of them. I we used to book Boogie the Freaks when we had Frangie's, our sports bar, in, our, okay. in my extremely successful ten month restaurant career. We booked uh, Boogie <laughs> Freaks numerous times out there. 
They're they, still going they strong, I believe. Are they really? I think well, so. I've seen them. I've seen them many. I love the Boogie Freaks. Who doesn't love the Boogie Freaks? They uh, they do a they do a um, I'll play that funky music's like their biggie. Mm-hmm. They play the love love the Boogie. Who doesn't love the Boogie Freaks? Love them very much. All right, so college football's got one more year of a fourteen playoff. It almost kind of makes it important to win next year, doesn't it? I mean, if you're Georgia, if you're who else is in it? USC, right? Alabama always. Ohio State. Ohio State always. Because in your opinion, Hayes, what w- how will the champions change when you have a 12-team tournament? Will it still be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State winning every year, do you think, or does that change? I don't think it changes. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams in the back half of the seeds uh, get hot win the college football uh, national championship. It's You see it in the NFL because the teams are so close. Uh, in college football, there's still a discrepancy, in my opinion, from 1 through 4, 5 through 12. I think you'll see some decent upsets uh, You know, in terms of the teams that are seated fifth and back. But I think that top four, I think they're going to be just – it's just an extra obstacle for them that they'll clear. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't see much changing. But look, at the same time, I never saw TCU beating Michigan. So I feel like we are going to get some fun upsets that will lead to a, a very different Final Four. Yeah, I, I I, don't know. There's a side of me that thinks the TCUs of the world will never make the Final Four. That, that, that someone will clip them along the way. Like the, in, instead of getting to the final game and then just getting just humiliated the way Georgia did, did them. So I, I, I find myself thinking – but I, here's what I do think. I do think one of those SEC teams, or maybe in the right year a Big Ten team, that ordinarily wouldn't get in it, could get hot. I, there, have, there have been teams over the years that, and again, I see, we see the SEC teams, that just lost twice and are out. And now there's still never been a two-loss team make that playoff field. Well, I've seen some two-loss teams over the years that you wouldn't want in that tournament. FSU, remember FSU, late 80s, early some of those teams? LSU won the national championship one year. They had two losses. Yeah, that's right. So so I think there's some of those teams that – I'm trying to th- – so like the 09 Florida team or the 01 Florida team. Now, would they have both been in a 14 playoff? I think 01 so. would have been. Yeah. I think 09 would have been. 09 probably would have been too. Okay, because neither one of those teams made the final game. You wouldn't have wanted to play them though, you know. And now Alabama said, "Wait, we beat 09, so we'd we'd play them." But you, my point, I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Florida Alabama game that year, Tebow senior year, would have been the losers in the playoff. Yeah, either way. Yeah, that's kind of right. like the George Alabama. Yeah, game you're that right. We so so for, and if Alabama hadn't lost two games this year, Alabama would have been in the playoff too. So I'm trying to think if there's any teams in recent memory that would not have made a four teamer. But would have been hell in the playoffs, and maybe that maybe you're right. I'm trying because I'm, it's not like I'm well, coming the up. The best example would probably be Alabama this year. This, well, that's right, that's right. Because and they would have been hell to play this year. Uh, that's a great example. Alabama this year is a great. That's who it would be. Yeah, you could see the five or the six, right? Maybe, but I I don't think you're going to see the eleven or the ten. I mean, assuming the twelve is always pretty much going to be the group of five. Yeah, I, you know, I I would say that. From 9, 10, 11, I, I don't think you're going to see. They may win a game. I don't think they're going to win the title. But it also does give you, let's say a team loses its starting quarterback for two games or starting running back for two games, something along those lines. 
they may suffer some losses and then still be able to get yeah. into the playoff with the 12 team expansion and they deserved it they just had some injuries along the way and i wonder if one if a three loss team i mean look 12 team field there's gonna be some teams with three losses in absolutely yes utah finished 10th in the ap top 25 mm-hmm. with four losses yeah yeah so so there's gonna be some teams like that to get in it how does notre dame factor not having to play a conference championship well i mean this makes it way easier now the, the way I mean, they, do they, the they, does the committee at any point in time penalize them they because somebody else had to play a conference? They haven't been they haven't been doing it. Correct, but yeah. aren't they? They are penalized at the top, right? They can't yeah. be a they, they cannot they they can't say, be an automatic bid. They cannot be. They cannot the, the the top. And I don't think they can be a top four seed. I think the top is it four or five? Is the top four seeds all have to be conference champions? I think it's the top. Is it is it the top four? Or the top five. Highest ranked conference champions have the first five. So that's the first four. Disadvantage. Yeah, so that's a huge disadvantage. But but I think your question was, will it keep them out of the tournament? I think they're less likely to miss the tournament now because there's 12 spots and someone's going to somehow, some way, going to get them in there. But I'm trying to think if so. I guess it'll be interesting to see what the answer to this question is. Are there teams that aren't in that top four that factor into the the national championship? And by the way, the biggest advantage the first four have is they don't have to play. That's that's the gigantic advantage. The difference between seated being being seated fourth and fifth. Yeah. Now it was a big deal this year. The difference between second and third because it's when you got Georgia, right? The Ohio State had to get them first because of the where they were seated. And here's the other thing I wondered. There was this, there was this belief that it would have been wrong to seed, put TCU behind Ohio State, right? That's why TCU was third. And Ohio State was fourth because they just it just felt wrong to put Ohio and they didn't want Ohio State and Michigan playing each other. Well, we all knew Ohio State was better than TCU. There, there was even though, despite the fact that TCU beat Michigan, we all kind of knew Ohio State was better. Well, I wonder how that'll play out. Will it really be? Will one through twelve really be the order of how good they are, or whether you kind of have to put place them because of political correctness? I think there'll be a lot of that where you have to try to avoid the rematch and things like that. So I, I do think you'll see probably seven, you know, be probably worse than eight, but they're trying to avoid some sort of a matchup that just recently happened. So you'll you'll probably see some inconsistencies in, in that fashion so that they can make the games as unique as they can. I wonder if we'll ever see a 12 upset if the 12 wins the first round and then faces a one, if we'll ever see a 12 upset a one. Yeah, that will be hard. That That's almost the 64. Like, let's say this year, six, FSU that's almost a 16. could have been 12 and Georgia won. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I don't think they'll ever make that, though. I think Tulane would have been 12, to your point. Because the then, group of five will always be 12. That's what I think. And so, uh, I mean, barring something unforeseen, but I think in, in most years – Tulane would have been the 12 or the Tulane equivalent. So it's Tulane having to beat Alabama and then turn around and beat Georgia. I mean, I I don't think we'll see it, but it doesn't mean it, it can't happen. Yeah, yeah. Who's the next big thing in college football? Is there a next big thing or is it the same old things? I mean, Georgia just won the national title by about 100 points. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. for me to yeah. say yeah. that anything's going to happen other than Georgia's going to keep winning. But Is FSU – they could be. I mean, certainly they could be. They've got the tradition. They've got the confidence that they've been lacking for many years. They've got a great quarterback, and apparently the uh, his successor is uh, is probably going to be a pretty good player. Tennessee? 
Could they be the next big thing? I don't think so. Or do, or, or do they fall off after losing Hendon Hooker? I think there's there'll be enough of a. I don't think they're going anywhere like right. drastically. Right. But I don't know that they're gonna regularly go eleven and two. I mean, I I think they'll probably be more in the nine ten win range. They they will be a very good program with Hypo there. But I don't see them elevating to national title contender. Again, I never saw TCU getting to the college football playoff. Max Duggan returns. Sonny Dykes is obviously a very good coach. I don't know that they can sustain it necessarily, but for the next couple of years, that could be a team. I didn't see Michigan getting there either, but that they certainly have more blue blood than TCU does. Here's what's funny about TCU. Hearing you say that, my first thought was chuckling hard to take them seriously. Sure. But I will tell you the two examples I've given you before. UNLV beat Duke by 30 in the 1990 championship game of college basketball. They beat him by 30. To lose by 30 in a college basketball game is about as embarrassing as it gets. They won the national title the next year. Nebraska beat Florida 62-24, mm-hmm. to 24, and it wasn't that close. When a 62-24 to 24 game isn't that close, it felt like 80-24. to 24. Yes, it did. And, and everybody laughed at Florida. Florida won the title the next year. So I'm not saying T- – TCU is going to do that, but I will tell you, TCU didn't get embarrassed any worse than Duke did against UNLV or that Florida did against Nebraska, and both teams won the title the next year. Now, they were both blue bloods. You know, it was different. They weren't they weren't group of five, a group of five team that came out of nowhere, but it did happen. Is USC the next big thing? And you say, well, they can't be because they're USC. Well, they haven't been anything in a while. They absolutely could be because they're going to always be dynamic offensively. You would and- think. You know, that's just a question of does Lincoln Riley ever say, I want to go coach in the NFL? But as long as Lincoln Riley is at USC, there's no reason. They they should be embarrassed if they don't win the conference every year for the next five years. But who I keep I want to find a team that can join the party. I want it to be Texas or Michigan State or Penn State would be before Michigan State. Or Penn State or yeah. The way you, they finished, and good Sean point. Clifford returns. Is, is Penn, correct, for his 38th year. Yeah. So is, is Penn State the next big thing? I mean, we feel like it can't be because James Franklin has been there for so long and right, Penn State right. hasn't done anything. But, but sometimes you knock on the door forever before you knock it down. Correct, that absolutely. Was, yeah, that was clearly the case. Again, back to Duke basketball. We think Duke is a, is a giant, but Duke went to that Final Four without Duke. They were kind of the Buffalo Bills for a while there. They kept going and not winning it, and then they started winning it. And so we forget the years they – remember that? We forget the years they went and didn't win it. But so um, – Yeah, I always like to look at the teams that finished strong. Penn State, certainly one of them. Uh, Notre Dame finished strong over South Carolina. Notre Dame could be the next big thing. But if South Carolina Sam Hartman Notre Dame, there. I'd say South Carolina. <laughs> but no, no, Notre Dame could be the – I don't think South Carolina can. I, well, I say that. No, probably not. They can't. But Notre Dame could be the next big thing. The uh, um, Florida – or F- Florida not next year – I mean, would LSU fall into that? I just think they're too good yeah, recently and, and to I, fall I hear into you. that yeah, conversation. They just yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about a Cinderella, but I am talking about someone. Clemson did it. Clemson became the next big thing mm-hmm. when they were they were never thought of highly. They were just a good program, and then boom, in the in the 2015, 16, 17, 18, that stretch, they became the next big thing. I guess who can? Who and now can, we're writing them off again. Yeah, right. Correct. But who can arrive at the party? The way I guess that's the question. Is there anybody that can arrive at the party the way Clemson arrived at the party in the mid 2010? I, I would, would say, say USC. USC, <laughs> USC, yeah. But I but I but I will tell you, 
Because that guy can really recruit yeah. and get guys in the transfer portal. But I think FSU's in play for that team. I think Florida will be in play, not next year, but I think I think Florida will be in play under Napier, is my opinion. Penn State's a great call. Texas? I just think going to the SEC is going to be a Too hard for them. Too much resistance. For both Texas and yeah. Oklahoma. I could yeah. be wrong. I guess Texas. I'm trying to think. Miami, no. Um, nobody else in the ACC, I think, can play in that league. It's hard to think. If you, if you take Penn State and Michigan off, it's hard to think of anybody else in the Big Ten. Again, Ohio State's already in the party. Right. Um, Guys, there may not be anybody else. I mean, the the next big thing. I want there to be a next big thing. You know, I mean, Miami recruit is recruiting well enough. Yeah, but it's just it was so bad on the field this year. It's kind of like you know, not that Florida was that bad, but it's sort of the same thing. It's like maybe two years from now they're able to make that jump, but it certainly doesn't appear to be imminent. But if you continue to recruit well eventually good things will happen historically. Yeah, the next you know the big, next big, next big thing in the NFL? The Jaguars. I mean that, that that's that's who you'd predict is the next big thing. I mean they 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 made the final 8 this year and the guys first year here. So quarterbacks and, 23. Yeah, and the quarterbacks young and the team's young. Yeah, so but who's the next big thing? What about Ole Miss? Could they surprise That's what I was going to say. You know okay. what? You know Wayne what? Kiffin? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know if they're going to, but that's a great call by both of you. It's a tough side of the SEC to come out of, though. No, no question. But, that's but going next away. year, yeah, but, that yeah. goes but, away. And oh, that's right. That's a team that can benefit from the twelve games. Mm-hmm. That, that if you if you keep getting in that twelve team tournament, you're going to go up a notch or two. So Ole Miss is a good call. I don't know if they're going to, but they're in the right league. They got the right coach. By the way, did you see where after Jackson Dart's already there? After, That's incredible. Did, did you, after the, the Walker Howard went there. Did you see the Oklahoma State guy went there? Yeah, Spencer Sanders. Mm-hmm. So he went there, okay. How's I mean, that going to work? Well, I don't know if you heard this or not, <laughs> if, you, if you kept up with the news or not, but I just saw that Matt Corral, Eli Manning, and Archie Manning are all going back to Ole Miss <laughs> to play quarterback. I mean, what in the world? Did so Walker that, Howard know Spencer Sanders was coming? Does that mean that Jackson Dart is out? I, I, I don't know. But Spencer Sanders is okay. I don't know that I thought he was great. And Jackson Dart is there. I I thought it was really puzzling as well that you'd have three guys that you that certainly are Division One starters, uh, and probably fairly high level Division One yeah. starters that are all going to be competing for the same job. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe Florida ends up Jackson Dart yeah, leaves yeah. Ole Miss after spring and yeah, Jackson. I don't. Even, and again, I'm not saying that this is some savior, but you know, maybe seems that's to think somebody's going to. Yeah, maybe that's a guy that. Could be. Yeah. I've got one more for you real quick. Okay. What if Colorado came out of nowhere with Dion? He won't stay if, if that happens. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great call. And uh you know what though? It's intriguing to see what's going to happen. Isn't he getting five stars there? Yeah, yes. he, has, he got he has, Cormani McLean. Yeah, he did. So conventional thinking is that he would leave for the next job. But but you're right though, Gibby. He could get he, it could happen before that, couldn't it? And there and he's in the Pac twelve where the resistance isn't great. It'll be that's the most intriguing school in the country, by the way, to see what how many games are they going to win. I mean, that's what I wonder. How many? How I remember many? looking at the schedule and basically yeah. saying, "Don't expect much." Yeah, um, I'll have to pull it back up, but uh, I, I, I do think that they start at TCU. Yeah, I do think that they're. It's going to be a fun story to see what he can do there, and you know, again, it's going to take some time. But if he look, if if he's getting. The fives to yeah. go to Colorado, they will eventually be good if and they, they would if be, they stay. And they would like like I said, it's hard to say USC could be the next big thing. It's hard to say 
LSU or Clemson could be the next big thing because they they really still are kind of big. Yeah, things. absolutely. They, it's it's but but you, but Colorado teams like Colorado have not been a big FSU does qualify. Because they haven't been a big thing in a while. I don't know that I'd want this schedule. We always talk about being SEC homers, but uh, to Hayes' point, at TCU, at Oregon, home against USC, versus, uh, so at home against Oregon State, and at Utah. It's a tough schedule. And at UCLA. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Morning moment. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. Casey and the Sunshine Band today on Old Rock Thursday. We do it every Thursday. It's a weird time of year because uh, – this is a little bit of a lull. We've had such a long and wonderful football season. Went a long time. We used to have, we used to creep up on signing day, but there's not much signing day in February. Will, will team, will like, will Florida, Florida State, Georgia sign anybody in February? I think Florida has a commitment from Caden Jones, who committed a couple weeks ago. The what big is he? Offensive Off tackle. Of He's like six eight. One of the big guys. Oh, one of those yeah. big guys. Uh, but I don't. What about FSU, Georgia? Anything? I don't think so. I mean, I think. Hayes in, in the barn, barn. <laughs> you know, for for this. If so you're I, good, yeah. I don't even know that they'll be. I don't know that Florida even does like a press conference for yeah, the yeah. second wave. Uh, Greg Sankey came out. Did you hear Greg Sankey really, um, uh, very much against the early signing day? Once yeah. you go back to February, did you see that? Which means that's what's going to happen. It kind of does. When I, I didn't think they'd ever go back to that, but when Greg, Greg Sankey says it, I mean, he was very outspoken, and he said, "We're killing our coaches." He said. We're at, we're killed. The the amount of recruiting our coaches have to do at the end of the season is 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 not fair to them while they're trying to coach. They they need to. I like the idea of early signing, but they need to move it even further uh, to like make it like July fifteenth. Yeah, and then that way also real early, real early before the season starts. Yeah. and and allow you know if 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 kids want to decide they want to sign before their senior year. Uh, I've always liked that then, idea. Then they can do it. Um, that way, the coaches are already sort of recruiting at that time anyway. Right. So, but I, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's it's great. It's I'm glad they have it for the kids, so I wouldn't want it to just go away for the kid that just wants to be done and doesn't want to be hassled and right. can sign and, and, and be finished with the process. But I do think that it's doing it three or four days before Christmas is a really bad idea. And and I always thought that uh, that August an August signing date or whenever late July whatever yeah would August be, is fine would be the way to go. When they went early, I was surprised they went early by going December. I thought August would be the the way to do it. And then if you don't want to be bothered during your senior year, you can because once you sign, nobody bothers you. Right. So if you didn't want to, even even when you're committed, they keep calling you. You know, and then you keep taking visits. Well, if you did, if you wanted to be done before you play senior before your senior year. Um, you could be done, and so I always thought August made sense. The December one does feel clunky. Just feel it. Just it doesn't feel like a signing day, and it's only like six weeks before. I mean, you've only moved it up, yeah. by about six weeks. I right. don't know that you've dramatically changed right. the paradigm. There's I no, mean, there's no drama to it. They, do we have hats anymore? Did anyone, did anyone do the oh, hats? Yeah. We do have the hats. Oh yeah, they still do the hats. Did they? There yeah. was drama for Florida because it was is Rashada in this yeah. class or not? Yeah. Obviously, it didn't turn out there, that but way. Were but were there hats on signing day? Were there yes. signing? There were. There were signing day hats. I don't remember. Hat. I believe you. I just don't remember that. Well, hat. Florida didn't get anybody on signing day, <laughs> which yeah. is probably why. But uh, but uh, but it's not just Florida. It. I don't remember Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. Having hats, I remember most. I, it felt well, and so, there were some that even didn't sign 
on signing day. They waited yeah. to like the day after or even two days after. You used to be on sign on February signing day. There'd be uh, he's announcing at nine in his in a school auditorium. He's announcing at ten. He's announcing at one on on, on ESPNU. Remember that? And you'd Old wait. school signing day yeah. was and, and, you, and you'd wait around till ESPNU or you'd be listening on air, you'd be listening and you couldn't wait. And you were you were wherever you are, you listen to radio, you'd park your car and listen yeah. if you weren't watching it on your phone or whatever, uh, which you can do now. Well, I think you were in New York during this time, so I think maybe that's why you weren't paying as could close be, attention. Could be, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just did it feel the same? It didn't feel the same to you, did it? No, I, I don't like it. But yeah. as a fan, now yeah. I, you know, I. But it was Fast and Furious that day. Yeah, I, I okay, just that's right. I wasn't. I did not do the show that yeah. day. That's a good point. So maybe that was it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe that's why I felt you weren't stuck to the fax machine. Yeah. You, you, I love, <laughs> by the way, we should. That's the one day of the year that there should be no emails, no scans. <laughs> Everybody should have to fax, mm-hmm. should they? I mean, you should have to fax. There should be, and it should be one of those old roller faxes. Mm-hmm. Remember, the, you'd roll up the the paper. It should be one of those. Someone recently asked us for, or asked me for our fax machine number, and I was like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just take who a wanted to fax something? Just a client. Wanted to fax and it's it. fine, totally okay, fine. Yeah. But I was like, just take a picture yes. and email it. That's easier the, for the, everyone because yeah. I don't even That's know awesome. our fax number. But I, but I do. I find myself. Uh, but the old, I mean, the, I'm telling you, those Feb- that February third, February seventh, man, oh man, you you wake up in the morning, you you, could, you you wanted. There were so many decisions that hadn't been made. Those were great days. Oh, it's unbelievable. They, and I can tell you, the old sports radio days, before there was that that damn internet ruined it. When the only way you found out was on that was on that radio show, it was glorious. Oh yeah, I've told you this before. When I was in high school, my dad and I would. He'd pick me up from practice. Right. We'd go to his house. We'd sit on his, uh, you know, yeah. back porch. We'd listen to the show. Yeah. The, and those are the four to seven days. And and we'd have we'd have Gator Bates like cream of the crop list <laughs> and the Parade All American list. And, right. Right. And we would go through, right. and it was it was phenomenal. Yeah. Those those were really. And if you got one of those, yeah, because then you'd have them on the air that day. Then you'd you'd go through the you'd rank them. You know, that was that was awesome. The other thing that the Jaguars season has done is we're not as locked into the Senior Bowl, which comes up next weekend. That, I mean, you sometimes have Jaguars coaches there, and, and that's all we were talking about because of obviously the Jaguars have to get one of those guys, and, and we were so locked in. And That's a very good now point. Now it's like, all right, Senior Bowl happens next week. Okay, let's move right along. That That's a very good point that it's just not – we are not as caught up in the player procurement phase Absolutely. because we had more fun in the play the game phase. Absolutely. Good point. Take a break. Well, Lauren wraps the program with news and notes after this. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Were there slow dances at the Ramada? There were. Okay. I didn't know if it was like prom. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like prom. Um... This is he does a duet with somebody. It's like prom with an edge. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna add to that. That is so accurate. Anything I mean, you, you know how sometimes the broadcast on TV just let the play, let let the let the screen talk. I'm just gonna let that talk. Just I let like it breathe. It. Let it breathe. Absolutely. All right. Well, I always start with football, but today we're gonna start with news as far as the NBA. Three years ago today, we lost Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi. Wow. Yeah, I remember where I was the moment I heard the news story. Me too. Yeah, where, me were, too. where were you? We were pulling into the parking lot at Fresh Market, yeah. and I I caught the very tail end of it, and then I was like, wait, what? And so immediately what we all do, yeah. went to Twitter, realized what I had heard was correct, and started crying. Where were you? I was dropping the kids off at Sunday school, Yeah, and it just 
basically walked, dropped them off, got them into their classes, and then was walking back to the car, and a buddy texted. I, I was playing golf. I was on number four at Jack's Golf. I had gotten to the green, and Suzanne texted me, and I was shocked. And then, the guy, and then, then one of our buddies, who lived, Mike King, who lives on the green at number four, came out of his house and said, "Did you heard about Kobe?" So, so I, so I was on the golf course on the fourth green at, at Jack's Golf, so I can remember very well. I remember um, we were visiting Nikki and I, one of our friends, and Nikki was like, "Get off your phone, be polite, get off your phone." I'm like, "Kobe Bryant just died." Yeah, and they were like, "Oh my God, yeah." yeah. Oh. And I was never a Lakers fan. It just it hit me just because he's obviously such a big figure in sports and right, so yeah. young, and, and obviously his daughter's so young as well. In the world of golf, Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed have a little bit of a feud. Patrick Reed tried to say hello to Rory. That didn't go over well, and then Reed threw a tee at him. Rick made a good point last night during the, the handoff. We did, we did a little bit of the handoff. He said it's good for golf. It kind of is. <laughs> Nobody wants to say that, but it's kind of good that golf has that because people are paying attention to it. Now, the tour doesn't like it. I don't blame them. I don't like it either. But I, but I understand there, there certainly are people talking about it. Here's what's interesting about that. In all these other sports, in almost every other sport, when a when um, an alternative league comes around, nobody rips the guys that are going to it. They kind of want to see it happen because it will give them some leverage. You ever notice that? No one ripped the USFL or the XFL or the ABA back in the day. But these tour players, that's how loyal they are because they realized that the tour didn't have to happen. You know, it, it, it just, they're very blessed that it, it did not have to happen. And all of a sudden you look up and it did. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. It is. It will be interesting to see if any of the tournaments where they will both be in, which there's going to be a select few, the Masters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a, I think as of now, the USGA and the Royal and Ancient, I think, Patrick Reed will probably be eligible for all of them. I would think. And I don't think they've said, I don't think any of them have said that they're banning live golfers. So obviously we're not going to see Patrick Reed playing at the Players' Championship. That's a PGA Tour event right. and he's suspended. Um, but I am curious if, uh, you know, if if some diabolical uh, <laughs> pairings person will put Rory and Patrick Reed together. Augusta National won't do it. Right, uh, but I'll be curious to see if like the USGA does it. But I mean, Patrick Reed's a jerk. I mean, he just is. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, would you shake the hand of somebody that served you a subpoena on Christmas Eve, which yeah. is what he did to Roy McIlroy? Right, and, right. You know, I just he's, he's a he's a joke. And that's the thing. I think Patrick Reed has been a villain, so him joining the Live Golf Tour didn't change that or didn't add to his villain status. He's he's always going to be a villain. It's just all those other guys, too, joining Liv does create that paradox of they're all villains, at I least wonder, in some people's minds, like mine. I wonder what's going to happen in the CW when they're on the CW. Now, the CW is a small network that people don't know a lot about, but it is everywhere in America. I mean, every, every market in America has got a CW station. So I wonder what it'll do for the CW, and I wonder if, if, it, if it moves the needle at all, will somebody of more significance take it? I, I'm, I'm curious, if nothing else, about that. Yeah, I certainly hope not, since I'm rooting against Liv uh, vehemently. In the world of tennis, have you all been paying attention to what's going on in the Australian Open? Uh, only, the, only the Ben Shelton stuff, because he's a Florida guy, but I, otherwise I'd be dishonest if I said I paid attention to myself. Sure, so Ben Shelton became the first American man in 20 years to reach a Grand Slam quarterfinal before turning 21, the last person to do that, Andy Roddick, in 2003. He lost to fellow American Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul will face Novak Djokovic, Tonight at, well, this morning at 3.30 a.m. So we up. had an All-American quarterfinal 
which I don't know the last time that yeah. happened. And, and this guy's really good now. This is the, the guy. His his dad's the tennis coach at Florida, mm-hmm. and he and so he play. And I don't follow college tennis, but apparently he's like the next big thing, big thing. He was a guest Mister Two Bits this past football. That's right, season. he was. He, he, he was, sure yeah. was. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, so he's really, really good. He'll be a name to watch in that sport, certainly not that we pay that much uh, attention to tennis. In the world of college football, LSU accidentally paid Brian Kelly an extra million dollars because they were paying both him personally and his LLC. From what I read, it was an audit that figured that out, not Brian Kelly realizing it and coming to LSU. Yeah, how about that? He got an extra mil. You know, can you imagine that? Uh, we're sorry about that. Hey, we overpaid you. Really? How about like 20 bucks? Or, no, a mil. Yeah. A mil. <laughs> it's like, well, I won the SEC West, so I'm keeping it. <laughs> That's right. I'm keeping it. But so what they're going to do, he doesn't have to just stroke a check for a million dollars, but over the next, I think, year, they'll deduct that million from I'll his paycheck. I'll let him have it. It's a million dollars. You're a university. <laughs> and, and, and aren't you well, giving him a raise anyway? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I so. Hey, hey, it's our mistake to keep it. Yeah. I don't just, think he don't, gets to keep don't it. Don't you just say, just it. take it out of the, yeah. you know, $4 just, million dollar uh, raise yeah, per hey, year that hey. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. receiving? Yeah. How, or how about you call the big booster in Shreveport and go, Joe, hey. We, we need an extra million. We, we, we don't want to go back. He, yeah. He's a good guy. This is a little bit in the weeds, but I never thought about a college football coach having an LLC that a school would pay him like, versus just paying you directly. I've never thought about a coach having a separate oh. company formed. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess nobody else different, has either. <laughs> people get paid different ways. Gator Maybe Bowl. he gets paid an extra million for his voice acting skills. <laughs> or his dancing skills. Gator Bowl Sports and Tax Slayer Bowl renewed their partnership. It will now extend through 2027. That, of course, makes Tax Slayer the longest tenured entitlement sponsor in Gator Bowl Sports history. Congratulations. And I'm so, I, I, I say it, I'm a broken record. I am so happy for Greg McGarity and, and the people of the Gator Bowl and, and what – uh, a, a di- not a dying brand, because that's not fair to the Gator Bowl, a dying industry, which is the bowl industry, got resuscitated this this year a little bit, Hayes, and they led the charge. I mean, they had the most fans and the most TV viewers of any bowl out there that wasn't a, a New Year's Six. That's freaking awesome. The only thing more impressive than Greg McGarity and the Gator Bowl uh, this bowl season was his Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, that's right. Good point. <laughs> well said. A good year, good year to be Greg. Into the NFL and some coaching news. The Panthers hired former Colts coach Frank Reich as their new head coach. Did you realize Reich took the first snap in Panthers history during their inaugural 1995 season, started started the first three games? I didn't. Kerry Collins didn't start. I guess not. I didn't know that either. When I, I, yeah. I, mean, uh, I didn't know that. How about that? Good when, for him. Wasn't Kerry Collins on the team? When he... I thought that was their first pick, Yeah, their yeah. first draft pick. Yeah, I, I was done. Okay, how about that? Who knew? Because Kerry Collins – the, the second they they were really good the second year too, and I thought mm-hmm. he was quarterback when they were. Okay. The NFL allowed both Jacksonville and Carolina right. to basically have no cap restraints. Correct. So when they got through that yeah. first season, they had all this money to right. go spend in free agency, and so they loaded up the right. rosters. My brother-in-law, one of my dear friends, is a diehard Bucks fan, lives in Tampa, and they had never won anything, and he couldn't believe how quick the Jags got good because I kept telling him. He, 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 he's just unfair, just unfair, just yeah. unfair. Well, because yeah. Tampa was under constraints. Right, right. That's when right. they yeah. came in as an expansion yeah, team correct. for many years. Yeah, yeah. So, so. And so because of how long it took Tampa to be competitive, that's the league Jackson didn't did. do that that's with right. Jacksonville and Carolina. So there you have it. The Jets interviewed more than 15 offensive coordinator candidates before hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who, of course, once was here helping Bortles get to the AFC Championship. And again, I, number one, I think he's a good football coach. He obviously wasn't a very good head coach, uh, but, he's a, but he's a good football guy. And because of what an ignominious fall from grace he had because of how badly it went, 
I'm glad he wasn't out of work long. You know that? I mean, I, I like Nate. I don't know him super well, but I know him. He's a, he was a nice guy. He's a gregarious guy. And uh, I'm glad he wasn't out of work very long. I, I'm glad I'm glad it landed that way for him. On Helmets and Heels, I was lamenting that Jim Bob Cooter was getting interview opportunities elsewhere, and, and Mia said, well, Frank Reich is available. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's now no longer available if Jim Bob Cooter well, gets a job elsewhere. Didn't Nate Hackett do Helmets and Heels with you guys one time? He did. He, he called in or? He called in, and he's like, hey, I listen every Tuesday. I just yeah. wanted to see if I could chat with you guys. Yeah, I was I mean, like, I mean, obviously, yes, you're I mean, the offensive coordinator of the NFL you know, franchise you know, the, in town. He, he got dinged some because they said people said oh, he's just a self-promoter. Well, a lot of people are self-promoters. Well, that's kind of, you know. We're all, kind of the nature all, of the business. We're all fighting for our space, right? So I, I always kind of liked him, yeah. The Cowboys will get to keep defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and offensive coordinator Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore was in the running for the Panthers job, which we just talked about, is filled. Are the, are the, so the so Quinn, is is he had offers? Did, 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 he like the told everybody he's on? staying. I think Denver would have liked him. Yeah. yeah. He, he would rather stay than take the Denver job? I, get, I don't blame him. I, I, I mean, <laughs> if you don't believe in Russell Wilson, that's a terrible job. What, what do you – what do you, and what a coordinator is making three and a half, three, two, three. Yeah, and he's been a head NFL head coach. Yeah, yeah. He's probably not hurting. I yeah, mean, he yeah. goes back to being. A, I mean, he was probably making eight hundred yeah. grand as Florida's defensive they're, they're coordinator. He's making four and a half million. Dave it was four Florida's. and a half. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's four. I knew coordinators were in the three four range. Okay, so four and a half million. Okay. That is pretty good, if you ask me. Four and a half million for a coordinator. I just, I don't think Did the you carousel think is very good. Yeah. No, I didn't. That's crazy. <laughs> the, 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 an assistant football coach is making four and a half million dollars. It's wild. It certainly pays to to grind out those early years in coaching. Colts fans have now shared a petition through change.org titled, Don't Hire Jeff Saturday as Head Coach. Do you think that's going to affect Crazy Jim Irsay in any way, shape, or I form? think at the end of the day, I said earlier in the show, wouldn't be surprised if, if he hires him. Now I think he's not going to. Now I, now, I, now I think, the more I think about it now, I think he's probably not going to do that. Greg Doyle, the columnist mm-hmm. at the Indianapolis Star, wrote a column that I can't wait to read. I just saw him tweet it out. Um but it basically is imploring Jim Irsay not to hire Jeff Saturday, basically saying that you will lose the fan base yep. if you uh, make this move. So, uh, by all means, Jim, hire Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he, we, we love would it here. love to see it here. Yeah, in we support and, and that's that. what I think. At the end of the day, even even Jim Irsay, who can do some crazy stuff, at the end of the day, probably isn't going to do that. The AP Coach of the Year finalists were announced. The final three: Brian Dayball. Kyle Shanahan and Doug Peterson. Yeah, Doug should Doug should be the coach of the year. By the way, I mean he really should be. I mean, in, in all fairness, he should be the coach of the year. What he took over, the team that had the first pick in the draft was the worst team in the league. The team that has the first pick in the draft two years in a row was really the worst team in the league, and he got him into the final eight. He should be the coach of the year. I'm just telling you right now, he should be the coach. And, and Dable did a great job. Who's the other one? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, all, and, and I think Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic coach, and he's doing it with his third quarterback. But but Doug Peterson should be the coach of the year. I'm, I, I mean, I'd I'm, love to see it. He, he really should. I'm not saying it just because we know him and he's our guy. I mean, trying to be as honest as and objective as we can. He should be the coach. He should be the coach of the year. Totally agree. And finally, draft talk. It's upon us. The Jaguars pick 24th. Bucky Brooks has them taking Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo. How about that? How about that, Buck? I'll text, I'll text Buck about that. But I. Uh, it's interesting because in going through this exercise, I was surprised Darius Williams's cap number is 12 million next year. Yeah. They can't release him because yeah. there's is no right. relief to cut him. Right. So you're paying a corner twelve million next year, and you got Tyson Campbell. Right. So it does make me wonder if it's going to be more of a of a nickel selection, which maybe they do in rounds two or three. Could be, could be, and leave him outside. I will say this: he obviously he's a better outside guy than he was a nickel. There's even as good as they were. There's two pretty glaring things. 
improve your pass rush, and find a corner. Now, now everything else you get is probably depth. You might get a left guard to compete with Bart's. Uh, you, you, but for the most, you, most part, you're going to get another running back, a downhill running back. You're, you may fortify both your lines physically with backup guys. But other than uh, some sort of an edge and a cornerback, almost anybody you get, I think, unless you go cut a guy, you know, you, you cut a guy that's a veteran to create some dollars. But uh, shy of doing that, almost anybody you get is going to be is going to be a, a backup. So we'll see. All right, let's say hello to Rick Below. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Well, what the hell is that on Twitter? Is that like your pet bird? What, what, what am I looking at there? <laughs> well, I walked in here to Mr. Chubby's Wings, and I was, uh, I was greeted by, I, I believe that's a hawk or yeah. an eagle. I, I really don't know. But it was a cool bird, and it was eating curbside carcass <laughs> okay. uh, from the wilderness out here on the mean streets of A1A. Yeah. So I thought it was a great greeting. Usually, as you know, there's usually a pack of ladies out here. That I do. Are, like, can I get you a two-for-one Miller Lite? And I'm like, right. no, my boss is kind of frown on me drinking while I'm on air, but right. I'll, I'll do it today. But today it was the... Today was a very decorated bird, it's so I, uh, I'm excited about it. I thought Rick was getting into, like, falconry. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, mean, I look at Twitter, and I got this damn bird in the blue Twitter feed. I don't know what the yeah, hell I'm gonna going to call. Ch- I'm going to have to call Chad Scott and, and, and ask him because, I, you know, I was so bad off the tee today. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's time for me to give up give up the game of, yep. uh, of golf, and uh, I'm going to need a new hobby. How, how about becoming a professional Bird watch. Oh, you'd How be does so that good. Sound? You, you, you know, I've seen your skill set. You're a versatile uh-huh. guy. I think you're the guy that could pull that off. And I don't know a lot of guys that say that about you. Could do right, it. Right, right. And forget it. about these cell phone cameras. I'm talking about getting a highfalutin <laughs> deal. You know what I mean? One of those I long mean, lenses, a big yeah, long I, lens on it. I, I can get one. You know, one of our professional. Uh, photojournalist yeah. here in town, like our, like our buddy Logan. I'll call and, Logan and, right now. We'll get you a yeah. big lens. Logan's Figure got a big-ass lens. Okay. Absolutely, man. So. There you go. Yes, right. uh, our final show out here for a little right. bit. We'll be back out here for the players. We'll be back out here for um, March Madness, but it's it's been a great run uh, with Mr. Chubby's throughout the course of the football season, so it's already very busy here. Frank and company. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I heard you guys just talking some defense, and yeah. um, it's interesting because uh, what I want to know more than any is how, if any, you know, how is, if in fact it does, the overall look defensively change? Yeah. Is it going to stay the way that it was? Do they try to do some things in year two? So uh, I'm going to wrap up the year. With uh, with Dave Campo, he's coming up in less than 30 minutes, and obviously Dave has a great understanding mm-hmm. of the defensive side of the football. So that's how we're going to get things started here tonight at Mr. Chubby's. Sounds like a blast. Thank you, Rick. See you guys. Rick Ballou goes into the night at Mr. Chubby's in Ponte Vedra. He does a great job out there. If you get a chance, if you're in the area, definitely go by and say hello to my pal. Rick Ballou, he's a good dude, and he does a great job out there, and you'll love hanging out with him. Folks, that'll do it for our program. Um, we're out of here tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll wrap up the program, wrap up the week. On 1010XL and 92.5 FM. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.